0: You're listening to episode 203 of the Comics Pals. We're a group of comic book journalists and friends who record a podcast together because we don't talk enough about comics in our daily lives. Uh, Well, today (laughs) we we are absent. So let's see, we're we're down uh, Phil, Marco, and Kale, which leaves just Pete and I. But actually, we were lucky enough to pick up someone on the way here. Uh, joining us today is a sometimes pal, mm. Tyler Olson.
1: <laughs> yeah, I absorbed all of the essences of uh, of the other pals on the way here.
2: <laughs> oh, so that's why you were so silent through the bit. It was the essence of Phil and Marco deciding. Yes. You know, do I yep. talk or do I be absolutely silent? It
1: was. It was a. It was like a, a fighting duality in my head. Whereas the kale part of me just kept uh, making the joke about my house needed to be clean for uh
0: for. DC fandom. So. Dude, oh <laughs> All summer long, that's the only joke he's made anytime that a comic book convention comes up. You know what? I hate
2: to give him credit, but I, I kinda I kinda chuckle each time. I mean he only he only comes up with one joke a year and at least it's a good one.
1: I kept a uh, a, a Matt Damon is dead joke on for about a decade. Um I would...
2: <laughs> this, well, is, like, this is like a paul mccartney conspiracy where you oh, think no, so
1: matt damon died myself.
2: and they replaced
1: him <laughs> so years ago this is like when i was a, a curmudgeonly kid in high school um where i was like on 4chan and stuff so i'm outing myself as one of those high school kids um oh, but God. i was one of the ones who helped start the uh matt damon is dead rumor that actually uh got around the internet for a while. <laughs>
0: Oh, we have a celebrity on our show. I didn't realize wow. oh, that. Oh,
1: no, like, it got so bad, like, we mentioned it on the show, and I was like, oh, okay, that's fun. So, for, like, years, like, whenever anyone died, even, like, personal people I know, it I always, like, tweet or, like, put a Facebook status at R.I.P. Matt Damon. And um, I was consistent with it for about a decade. Not funny. <laughs> I don't think it's funny. It's but funny I, that you did it. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 the the consistency and the need to keep going with it, which is why I appreciate Kale's shitty joke.
0: So, what caused you to retire the Matt Damon is dead joke? Uh, maturity, I think.
3: Mm,
0: mm, yeah. Okay. Yep. Yeah. Yep. And also,
1: eh, Matt Damon's kind of off the map, you know. Like, <laughs> it's it's. And also, I had to I had to keep it quiet because, like, eventually, when he does die, morbid, uh, then I get to bring him back. So.
0: Dude, oh my if, god! If at that point in time you even remember that you're the one who started that, I, well, I don't, I don't
1: I want to say started, but I was
0: I helped. Oh, okay, walk it back. Uh, <laughs> Matt Damon's probably got about thirty years on that ticker, and if you uh, still, you don't think so?
1: I think, oh yeah, no, I think I will be alive, hopefully, um, when that moment happens, just because of an age difference, Matt. You if will. You're listening, Matt.
2: Um, Nothing, no ill will against you, Mr. Damon. Um, but uh, I would love to find out that Matt Damon listens to this show and he's just been really <laughs> quiet about it. But now that we called him out, he's like, it was you, you son of a bitch, Tyler. <laughs> he comes through the discord and starts shit. Whoops. Whoops.
1: <laughs> no, I, gave, so, I gave him more bits to talk about on Kimmel. You're welcome.
0: You'll be about 60 at that point. Sure, I'll remember. Dude, if yep. you're on whatever the new like Twitter is, when we're sixty, <laughs> saying hey, "rip man, Matt Damon,"
1: we're getting it injected into ourselves with that five G. <laughs> probably, yep, that's what it's going to be.
2: Oh, if anything, you know, Tyler will have to come back on the show then, and uh, you know, we'll have a Matt Damon memorial episode. Because what sure episode probably- would it be? Let's let's
1: let's, uh, let's do some man. I ain't doing this when I'm sixty. I'll tell you that
0: no. I'm I'm on the greener pastures, dude. You I'm gonna retire. This when I'm 60. Yep, I'm retired. At that that point, man, I got no. I can't do it anymore. I'm gonna go to Comic Con and chase around in my wheelchair all the Jean Grey and Cheetah cosplayers. <laughs> Oh, that's all I'll be able to do with that. That's age. Sean's wait,
2: greater Past.
1: Confirmed Sean into cat girls? Yes. No,
0: listen. <laughs> you know what's crazy?
1: Is, wait, is Cheetah like the proto-catgirl?
2: <laughs> in in know our culture. I, I have It's put like no it's like the
1: the Western cat girl. Yes. I mean, I think Cheetah is an older Let's character than most out. You know, I'm. What is the first cat girl? I don't know the answer to this. I, <laughs> I gotta think. inuyasha's up there with some that, that cat girls, right? I don't know. This is what you this is what you get for putting me on the show, guys. Ugh,
0: it's unfortunate.
1: I haven't talked about cat girls in months. 1943. Like... What it confirmed first cat girl sighting? Maybe, maybe.
0: <laughs> you looked that up? <laughs>
3: well,
2: I, that's Cheetah. That's when Cheetah came oh, out. Oh, <laughs> okay. All right.
0: Thank you for that. Uh, we, <laughs> we've got lots to talk about today on the show. Uh, we're going to be talking about Brian Michael Bendis finally ending his run on Superman. Uh, some DC Generations news that uh, confirms that it's not as dead as we thought. Uh, we're going to be reviewing Marauders number 12. And at some point, DC Fandom is going to be starting during this during this show. And we will watch it. We've got to, we've got some things to talk about when it comes to that, and some announcements that actually leaked ahead of time, which is like ridiculous because you would think that they would want to keep something under wraps. But uh, yeah, it's
1: not like not. they completely control this show uh, from top to bottom. <laughs>
2: right? <laughs> sure. I mean, to be exactly. fair, w- wasn't it at the last minute last time they were like, ah, it's two days now? So yeah. Yeah. They don't Pretty seem like much. they're that on the ball.
1: <laughs> well, <sighs> ready to get some dome fandom <laughs> later on some dc dome
3: oh god <laughs> listen
0: man this is not the long box okay? <laughs> it doesn't exist anymore
1: it doesn't exist
0: did you guys um get rid of like all the the website and everything or is that still up
1: uh i'm, I'm moving everything to youtube slowly um it's just like a hosting fees or something i'm not doing anymore uh, i think i'm okay Fair enough. Dude, hosting and yeah. like 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 hosting like a podcast for like 200 plus episodes, eh,
0: not that cheap. So we happen to know. Thankfully, there are I five know it, of I us. Bet. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, we just dropped some bread on a secret project, hurt the wallet, but you know,
3: uh.
0: <laughs> all for you guys. And speaking of you guys at home that are listening or wherever you are in the world, thank you so much for joining us. We are, of course, The Comics Pals, and you can find us all over the internet. If you want us on social media, we are at The Comics Pals. If you want to write into our show to talk to us, we are thecomicspals at gmail.com. If you want us on YouTube, thank you for watching. Uh, You can make sure to leave us a comment, a like, subscribe to our channel, share this video with your friends. All of those things are free to do, and they help us out a lot more than they cost you. Make sure that you guys are checking out our most recent book club that we dropped, the Swamp Thing book club.
1: I'm so that... surprised you guys finally did that. Like, yeah, I, I think figured, if you, I thought it would be a running joke that you would always like blue balls, uh, uh, Marco into like, like, oh yeah,
2: we'll do it, we'll it's do 200 it. Two hundred episodes, you know, at this point, like,
1: it <laughs> only gets so far with that, that guy. So yeah.
0: we've kept some though, like that we kept that, we've kept Invincible, we've kept Civil War. Like, those are... Yeah, those are
1: you, you, you guys' I think, yeah. Yeah, we yeah, have we so many. Done
2: yeah, yeah. I mean, like, you gotta keep some cards in the deck, you know? Sure, sure, yeah.
1: Yeah, but like the long box, I, I spent forever holding off on Civil War, and we eventually did it. But glad I at least did it before we stopped doing the show. But yeah, yeah,
0: there's, there's a lot of good stuff out there. I got to I got to go back and listen to that. I didn't I didn't get that one. I want to hear you guys talk know. about I, I, Civil War. I'll remember to upload it to YouTube. So, <laughs> <laughs> Oh, is it actually? Oh, it's off SoundCloud at this point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's
1: just those monthly fees. I'd like screw it. Um, OK, so it's 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 lost media until I have control. But like I can just like this is like I can like Walking Dead, this situation, I can re-release things. Uh, in full color on YouTube,
3: <laughs> and then
1: get people to listen again. So yeah,
0: yeah. Hey, dude, there could be a revival of interest, and maybe you'll have to bring the show back.
1: Uh, mm, not with Matt. <laughs> he's
3: so, he's so done with it. He
1: is so done. I've like I've like asked him a couple times. I'm like, hey, are you reading Weekly? He's like, fuck Weekly Comics. I'm like, alright, okay, see you, bye.
0: <laughs> Uh, would you consider getting a new co-host?
1: It wouldn't be the same show. No. I see. No. Yeah. Would I do a different
2: show? Maybe. Maybe.
0: Okay. Uh, are you going to host auditions?
2: Uh, yep. Yep.
3: Mm-hmm. All right. Show. I was um, looking I just, for a vehicle out of this place. I just I'm gonna I'm gonna <laughs> use I'm gonna, I'm gonna have somebody
1: like like do an audition and then like if I like it I'll press a button and the chair will just turn around and then I'll be like oh you have the voice. Sounds oh, fuck. I think that's someone's doing that already.
0: Yeah, there's a show called The Voice. Oh
1: yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. maybe I can't do that
0: then. Yeah, that was a complete rip. Yeah, but it's okay. I tried. Um, yeah. So, by the way, of course, uh, join our Discord server where there's always fun and hijinks going on. I think yesterday there was a Howard the Duck movie <laughs> watch along.
1: I, I had nothing to do with. Like, <laughs> wasn't. Like, uh, there's some Howard the Duck shit here on my desk, and, like, this wasn't me. I didn't do
0: this. I don't understand how you weren't central to that. Like, that's your bag.
1: Yeah, I, I, um, uh, I fall asleep during movies a lot now. <laughs> I'm old. I don't know. I'm, like, it's just, everything's on my couch now. I'm like, I'm out. <laughs> feel that. I'm out. I'm out.
0: Definitely feel that. Although I do
1: recommend watching a Howard the Duck movie.
0: It is a bona fide
2: classic.
1: It is a, a children's movie <laughs> with uh, naked duck tits in it. So what? George mm-hmm. Lucas made it, dude. Uh, executive produced it, but it was his brainchild. He, ma- he made yeah. it. He, he birthed yeah, yeah, it. Yeah. That was a, a Coke fueled idea from him. So
0: <laughs> so uh, I was going to never mind. <laughs> <laughs>
2: No, 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 no! Do go Thanks. on, Sean. Do go on. <laughs> I'm here to answer all
1: your Howard the Duck related questions. Something about duck tits, or what do you
0: got? I have no desire to ask any questions about Howard the Duck. <laughs> the fact that you even made us do a Howard the Duck book club—that was the hey, very at first. At
1: least one person liked
2: it, and I think it was just me. No, I liked it. <laughs> nah, it was it was it was cool. I enjoyed it. Um, I just want to make Sean sit through things that he doesn't want to watch you know like i feel like that's a key to good content because he makes us do it all the time and it's almost always funny sean you big uh back to the future fan
1: like do you like the back to the future movies
0: they're cool wow okay wow that's not the (laughs) i feel feel like it's an un-american
1: thing to say but um the I'm leah thompson is is like it's like peak leah thompson and howard the duck It's, it's it's she's actually holds that movie together
0: peak in terms of her acting ability? Everything.
1: Everything, oh, yeah. Okay. At the right. height she's of her like, powers. She's like like uh, like Hollywood heartthrob at that point. Yeah, she's already in Back to the Future, I think, at that point, yeah. Um, but then, uh, maybe that movie didn't really help her out in the long term, but
0: <laughs> my next vehicle, Howard the Duck. You mean playing opposite a fucking duck wasn't great for her career? Um, Who she fucks, or... or <laughs> What? Sean,
1: there you have is, to watch this movie. There is a scene where she finds Howard's wallet, opens it up, and finds his little tiny condoms. <laughs> oh, my God. Which, like, uh, uh, they don't even address the duck corkscrew penis thing, which I think missed opportunity. But it is isn't an unnecessarily horny movie for, like, something that looks like a kid's movie. It was the 80s. Like, I thought you'd, like, watch this, you know, as a double feature, like Harry and the Hendersons or something at a drive-in, you know? Like... <laughs> its just it, it it is not the movie you expect it to be so
0: speaking of yeah, no, yeah it's not it's good, not good? It's, wait it's, so... it's good but it's not good oh so I have no reason to watch it it's, Thank you. it's so bad it's good
1: yeah. Mm, yeah yeah I agree yep
0: no can't do it uh come on. <laughs> <laughs> no i missed my i missed the boat last night would have been the time if there was ever a time a watch along That's with true. the discord
3: That's That's
0: listeners true. would have been the time but uh it's not gonna happen uh we do have a random question actually hmm. uh forgot to include this in the notes pete so i'm just, just gonna go ahead and you're read just it. gonna you're just oh, okay. gonna back into it like that no pump, no, no circumstance okay. yeah no
1: John, can you give me a little more enthusiasm when you so, say why, why don't you yell
2: it,
0: it? Yeah. no John, have you ever yelled have I ever yelled? Actually, <laughs> ever. I have yelled. Ever. <laughs> I have. I have yelled a lot. I feel like uh, I've yelled a lot.
2: Sean only but, yells uh... out of anger or in extreme excitement. Because I've seen that
3: too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it's, it's
2: on the spectrum. So that's, the yell point
1: is it's very far on each side. He won't just <laughs> bust it out like me, though. You know, I i agree. I'm, I'm with you. I'm not a
2: big yeller either. Yeah,
0: yeah I'm calm until I'm not pretty much Mm, Uh, i feel
2: like every once in a while you just need someone to go it's time for the random
0: question of the week that's what you're here for loud (laughs) underscore pete so this one comes from springheel rick aka harris over on the discord server and he says during the lockdown what comics stood out the most for you any sleeper hits did any of you catch up any comics that you hope to read but were pushed to the wayside. Thank you for the question, Harris. Uh, Tyler, why don't you why don't you start this one?
1: So, um, I have a interesting view on this. So, having done the long box previously, we ended pretty much like like 2 weeks before this whole covid stuff started. Like I don't know if I if, if you know this this pandemic was planned by us, but uh like <laughs> we It was like a good time to do it because we were both a little burnt out. So like, not to say there was a good part of COVID, but like, it helped me like, just take a break, like step back. Mm -hmm. And then eventually when books started to come back out again, like I had stuff that like before the whole COVID mess that I had to catch up on. So like, I got to kind of re-learn why I like comic books weekly. Mm -hmm. Um, So I actually, it was really strangely therapeutic to take a break. Um, but a couple, th- I would say there's two books that really jumped out to me as like the ones that really, really I enjoyed um, Suicide Squad by uh, Tom Taylor and, um, uh, ooh, I don't forget his name, first name, but uh, I'll
0: look so, it up. Uh, Keep rapping.
1: Redondo. Um, and Hellblazer by Cy Spurrier. And Mateus Bergara was the main arc. And I think Aaron Campbell was the other artist. Um, two books I wouldn't normally be really. Um, wouldn't normally be in my pull list, but ah, they're just so good. Uh, Suicide Squad literally introduces probably a half dozen new characters. So, because of that, the idea of the Suicide Squad actually exists um, because you don't know who's going to survive. Like, they kill off like two of them right away. Um, and it, it's that, that uneasiness that I probably existed back when you know Suicide Squad first came, came about um, is nice to see, and also the art is just tasty. Bruno and, um, Redondo. Bruno Redondo. Yes, that's that's the name. Um, and some of these new characters are just really good. And and Tom Taylor is kind of a sleeper hit right now. Like this dude's doing some of the most uh, 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 well received work out there right now. And but they're not on like big titles. He's doing DCs. Mm-hmm. He's doing um, uh, Suicide Squad right now. He's going to be doing a, a Marvel event come come winter, I believe. Um, and he's doing uh, injustice stuff right now, which is like Suicide Squad's the only one like that's in main continuity, uh, but it's good. And then Hellblazer is just British as hell,
3: and it's good.
1: And <laughs> it, it it just shows how like Constantine is just a shithead, um, but also it like they're almost um, kind of like modern day parables. It's like something goes wrong, and it, it's because somebody screwed up, and it's it's not positive and it's not optimistic and i like that (laughs) like i guess this is where the world is right now and i don't want to like lie about it so i kind of just like feed into that and it's a it's a disgusting book but it's also really funny there is a shit demon in one of the issues what a shit demon literally like a a a demon made of shit that that can be summoned by someone if they don't like another person Mm -hmm. and
0: like dogma uh, well we all have the capacity to do that you know, we all have the capacity to summon a shit demon on someone we don't like. Yeah, the old shit. steamer.
1: Yeah, the old steamer. There you go. Yep.
0: Um, steamer, but yeah. but
1: there's a there's a really good arc drawn by Mateus Pegara, um, who is is Mateus Pegara the guy who did Omega Men? Uh, possibly. No, that was. Um... No, that was uh, something else. Would it be? Phil would
0: know. Bur- Barnaby Begenda, something yes, like that's,
1: that. Okay, that's why I was getting them mixed up. But uh, there is a good arc with uh, Constantine in, being introduced to like the modern day version of him. It's not really him, but it's like another like modern day uh, sorcerer who's just a total hipster. He's all about yoga. He's like a vegan, and just that interplay between him and Constantine is just great because they, he, he hates him but also appreciates him, and it, it's it's good stuff. I'd really recommend it. And both those books are ending, so there's that. <laughs>
0: well that's incentive I guess for someone who might want to pick them up like you're not yeah. uh you' don't have to you don't have to keep up with them weekly anymore
1: looks like 12 issues for both which I think that's a fine run yeah
0: sure
2: that's like a nice digestible uh, run <laughs> yeah exactly
0: so while we're on the subject of comics that you've been reading uh Empire just wrapped up and mm. I've been dying to hear from you sure in this forum what you think
1: about did you Empire. um you guys haven't uh, I mean, they came out this week, but you didn't read like the uh, like the epilogues, right? No, nope. Nope. no. Okay.
3: Um,
1: I liked Empire for a. I'm a big Al Ewing guy. I think he's kind of really coming to his own in terms of his storytelling. It's super goofy. It's super comic booky, which is what I like. Mm. Um, but Empire just felt like old classics, like like pre Civil War events, is what it felt like to me. And I think that's why I enjoyed it. It didn't seem like heavy. It was super straightforward. There's this threat. There's some scrolls. There's some Kree. Here are the Avengers. Like it was just like comfort food to me, and it looked good. I don't, I wasn't going. I I don't want, you know, Marvel's answer to Death Metal. You know, right. like I can only handle one of those at a time. They're just a little <laughs> little much. Um, so I just liked how straightforward it was, you know. And then a lot of the tie-ins brought brought back some like weird Avengers characters, which I like. The the Avengers Empire tie-in was like had man thing black knight kazar in it i'm like oh i love like b d list marvel characters so being able to see like swordsman coming back in a pretty prominent role like i don't know that's just my my cup of tea do i think it was great no no but it was just uh it was enjoyable and easy to digest if we keep talking about digesting and then, then we also previously
0: talked about a shit demon.
1: Yeah, it's yeah. true. That's true.
2: This <laughs> is where we're at today.
0: <laughs> yep.
1: <laughs> uh, no, that's why That's why I like Empire, and I thought it looked good, too. So The, okay. the Valero Sheetie, I think, is an artist who has not given a... Uh, he's always been, like, the, the guy that would fill in for other big names. Um know, I think the the work on this and what he's been doing at Fantastic Four is just showing, like, no, this is just... He's, he's pretty good. This is probably one of your top guys, and you should realize that, so...
0: Yeah, I can definitely agree from an art perspective, for sure. And and I do think Al Ewing is is super talented, and that's something that you know we talked about a lot in our reviews. Was like, this dude is so good. What is going on? I think the
1: slotness of it was where Slot and Ewing are a little uh, very different storytellers, in, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, Slot is a lot like he, he writes Spider Man. I think he's a more grounded person, and it's very into character work for him well ewing is is big ideas yeah so uh, you can see those fighting a bit uh in between the story and there's one knock i'll give on this um we can we stop doing the wakanda uh oh my god that's the only knock i'll give on it like like i get it <sighs> like they were even doing the E thing and i'm like all right all right that's there are other places we can do that. we can even do wakanda and just not rely on this image that everyone has you know mm mm-hmm.
0: Well, dude, in the review, I pointed out how he was literally aping lines from the movies. Yeah. Um, It's just odd. Like, he apes a line from Iron Man 1. And then uh, there was some other line. I think it was from – I think it was actually from Black Panther. Tony Stark built this in a cave with scraps. (laughs) Yeah, like, (laughs) what's going on here? (laughs) But uh, man,
2: I – by the end of that, I was like aggressively not liking it. You know, just like why the <laughs> yeah, I don't, fuck am I still
1: reading this? I don't think it's. I think it's like either you do or you don't. I don't think there's like a like a uh, like a middle ground to it. Right. Did you guys check out any of the tie-ins? Because that's I, there's like also a part of me that enjoyed that there was tie-ins again.
3: Yeah. I feel like I we, like turned, that. we turned away
1: from that a lot, and I don't know. It's maybe that. The post-COVID thing, where it's like I just want to go back to like a point in comics that I enjoyed, and this felt like early event Marvel comics. Um,
0: So, so I didn't. I only checked out the tie-ins that were relevant to what we were already reading, and then the two prelude tie-ins that they had. Did
1: you read the X-Men one?
0: Yeah. So Uh, where Scarlet Witch uh, resurrects
1: the entire entirety of Genosha because that's a great idea.
0: Yeah, which is just like Scarlet Witch is supposed to be. past crazy she's post crazy apparently she's just dumb now (laughs) exactly she went from crazy to dumb uh so my answer to your question ties into my answer to harris's question which is that uh throughout the quarantine i really i really haven't uh read a lot of comics that i didn't have to read for the show sure um it you know i'm not a digital reader i don't want to do that when i don't have to um and i've I've gone full digital too which is like
1: uh not to interrupt you but like almost like the opposite for me wow yeah besides my trades, like i still have you know actual trades and stuff like that i just don't have room for physical books
0: so that's it you're you're done with physical floppies floppies? i'm done
2: i'm done wow yep i haven't bought a floppy in a long time for the same reason of just like i like i'm still um like the last time i went to a convention i like picked up like you know, stuff I was looking for for my collection, like Invincible. But yeah, just picking up like monthlies in the floppy form, it's just uh, I've got too many long boxes, you know? And like I don't have room for more, you know? And like I'm in a – like I have a decent-sized place, but I'm living in a city, so like my space is limited. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it's just come to a point where if I want to keep the stuff I have, I can't get more. So it's like I either got to get rid of what I have to some degree, or just stop bringing stuff in?
0: Mm. Yeah, I think that is an unfortunate reality that a lot of us do come to as readers. Uh, But for me, it's really just been a matter of Midtown was closed for a while, and I just never really got into the rhythm of ordering books and stuff. So, you know, reading digital when I have to and stuff, and I'm trying to get back to uh, regularly picking up the books again
1: Did you have Um, like a like a a routine almost weekly?
0: Yes. Yeah. Like exact
1: same time every day, every every week. Okay. Big time. Big time.
0: And so this 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 threw that all off. Yeah. And um now I'm trying to find my way back to that. But I have like a massive, a massive, massive backlog of books that I have to read. I just rarely found the inspiration to go back and do that.
1: It's daunting, especially physically seeing Mm -hmm. that yeah like I, i've been there it's it's not easy
0: what ends up happening is every time i go to like read a book i'm like oh this is so messy let me clean it so i i reorganize <laughs> the books and then i don't read a book so so, yeah. wait,
1: so your relationship with physical comics has been I'm just gotta tidy this up now uh, maybe i'll get to reading them Dude, I I can
2: totally relate to that though. Like I've gone through that like especially um after convention season, like that would always be a thing where yeah. I come home tired and like plop the books down and then be like, ah, like like actually literally if you're watching on YouTube, you can see right behind me here is like there's a stack of Invincible volumes that I bought recently I mentioned on the show, and I think I did an unboxing on the are like
1: tomes of Invincible. <laughs> yeah,
2: it's literally like half of the run. And like I if have, somebody robs you, you'd I have the rest of it that I already mm. had in that format on my bookshelf, but I don't have space on the bookshelf for the other half, so I have mm-hmm. to take all those apart. So it's like rather than actually reading any of them, like I wanted to yeah. reread the yeah. series, I'm like, ah, I got to fucking – take all my books apart and rearrange everything and get rid of some stuff maybe. And, you know, it's, it becomes like a whole chore, you know, during,
1: during quarantine, I moved. So like I have, I had to just shove books in my bookshelf. I haven't organized it. like I have two full like Ikea bookshelves full of trades and stuff. And like, I'm looking at it and I'm like, ah, there's a moon night on one shelf and and there's one on the other shelf. and like, there's no organization (laughs) right now. And like, it's hard to, oh, I just, I see Sean Wincing there. <laughs> yeah, <laughs>
3: like, uh, yeah so it's like, that, yeah, Tyler. it's like, that's where,
1: that's where like, it's, it's been getting into me. But one thing digitally that I enjoy, especially with like this back catalog of stuff is that with a physical one, it's daunting because you can see it. When mm. it's digital, I'm reading the book, it ends. And then the next one's right there. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, well, might as well, you know? Right. Like I, I find that I'm getting through things that normally I probably would have put off because it's I can see it, you know?
2: I do really like that about it. Comixology Unlimited too. Of mm-hmm. like when you're on the fence about something or like if you're looking for something to read, like I feel like when you have your stack, it can sometimes like I feel I get like I feel like I run into the Netflix problem more with the physical stuff of being overwhelmed by the amount of choice that I have mm-hmm. versus like you know, just like kinda of going through and just being like, Oh yeah, I'll do this and then just keep funneling through it, you know? I don't know why I feel that way, but something about it is, like, it feels a little bit less messy, I guess, because it's not a physical object in front of sure. me that I need to go through and, you know. Outside of the weekly books, have you guys been reading any, any like, older stuff? Or not older stuff, but, like, trades or anything like that? That, that was going to be my answer to Harris's question is I'm in the same boat as Sean where I haven't been reading much that isn't related to the show, but we've read a lot for the show recently. Yeah. Um, and I've enjoyed quite a bit of it. Uh, I think the two standouts for me during quarantine were probably Killer Be Kill and Swamp Thing. Uh, ah, Killer Kill Be Kill. So yeah, um, that is one of my favorite books that we've read for the book club. Uh, yeah. I was really, really high on that book. And I remember um, going into it expecting that I would like it because, you know, knowing the, the weight that, that Sean had put behind it, saying that it was one of his favorite books, um, and knowing obviously the strength of the creative team. But, like, I remember reading the first issue and immediately being, like, drawn in and thinking I was going to read one or two issues and then put it down and go eat dinner or something. And I remember sitting there and just being, like, you know, and I got through, like, the first six in, I think, one sitting, something like that, you know, Um, because it was just, like, captivating. And I I really, really dug it for that reason. Um, And I think that's always the thing that, comics struggle to do the most for me right away is there a lot of series that I love that are kind of a slow burn you know and I think it's hard to have an issue one that immediately establishes like what's going on gives you stakes and, and gets you to like feel like oh holy shit I need to read the next one you know mm. um, and this book does that right away it hits the ground running and and like at least for me like it drew me right in Um, Swamp Thing was definitely a book that was more of a slow burn, but it was a book I felt really rewarded by for investing in it. And I had, I had to start that book like three times. I get that. Cause like, I think it, I think it takes like two or three issues to really get going, you know? Um, but once it finds its rhythm and like you get the vibe that it's trying to establish, you know, I, um i just really fell in love with it you know and like and i felt like very um i don't know i guess i guess like romanced by it you know like it has like a very like special quality to it that that really uh struck a chord with me for sure so if you if you've missed either of those book clubs i would highly recommend reading both of those books and going and giving those a listen because i think those are two of the best ones we've ever done um and two of the best books we've read so yeah, so I two yeah. nice cheery books to read during the shit show. That no, was cool that <laughs> N- probably not. <laughs> but hey, just feed feed the pain, guys. Keep They're doing good it. though, you know. Well, if you want to, <laughs> if you want a cheery book, go read Dark Knight's Death Metal. That's that's <laughs> cheery, right? <laughs> I
0: like that too. <laughs> yeah, cheery is the word I would use. <laughs> you know, you go on Netflix and they've got like those descri- those descriptors for, for <laughs> the different titles cheery is what i would what i would ascribe to uh death metal
3: um
0: yeah thank you harris for the question like i said i really outside of the stuff we've read for the book club i don't have a specific answer for you but i do endeavor to change that so uh i'll let you know when that changes
1: oh can i add i uh, started reading gen x the original uh generation x stuff oh cool which was, is it's uh a little hard to get into but god it's like early chris baccalo art it's so good like, I, I bust uh, Matt's balls all the time about how much he loves 90, 90s comics, and I'm reading this, mm-hmm. and I'm like, uh-oh, <laughs> uh, I think I got it. Well, uh, like, no, that, that's something I got into, so.
0: I've heard a lot of praise for that.
1: Yeah, it's, I think I the uh, Hickman stuff has introduced me to, like, all these, like, characters, like, I know about, but, like, I don't really know. Like, seeing, like, Monet and stuff, I'm like, okay, I need to know who these characters are, so that's what I
0: right I into that stuff. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, let's uh, speaking of books we're reading. Let's jump into the pals pulls uh, from Tyler. We've got Hellions number four.
1: Yeah, have you guys checked out uh, Hellions at all? It's it's it. It was in the unfortunate one of those books that had like issue one like the week or two before the, yep. the COVID stuff happened. So that yeah. uh, it, it really did not help the momentum of it. Um, but it is the tried and true formula of taking a whole bunch of shit villains and putting them on a team that suckers me into any comic book remember Suicide <laughs> Squad, Thunderbolts, you know, Sinister Six, like that's just my jam. Yeah. Um, and and seeing the weird mishmash of of characters um, in this, and the main villain of this book being the Goblin Queen is uh, very <laughs> oh, interesting to me. Uh, I yeah, know you'd be into that.
0: Right. <laughs> yeah, I gotta. All right, well, yep. gotta gotta change that. Right, gotta get into it.
1: I'm uh, and Zeb Wells, uh, I am happy to see Zeb, Zeb Wells, you know, back into uh, comics again. Uh, it's been a while yeah
0: his was a name i used to see a lot and then he fell off yeah, do you like do you mid, have some 2000s yeah
1: um, i don't know why he fell off to be honest i don't i don't like i remember him he had a big uh was it avenging spider-man it was like a big thing oh yeah yep. i remember that like it was like a good artist showcase and he was writing yep. that and i enjoyed that it was like uh it was like marvel tune one with spider-man um and then since and then after that he just kind of disappeared um but
3: yeah,
0: yeah, that happens. I feel like there are, there are quite a few writers that yeah. just vanish.
1: I feel like Kyle Higgins does that every other year.
0: <laughs> yep, Kyle Higgins. Like, oh, Kyle Higgins
1: is back, all right, good.
0: There was a guy who I felt like he was the chosen one, and then he just dipped. Is it Judd Winnick? Not Judd Winnick.
1: I feel like that's another one where I was yeah. like...
0: Yeah, yeah. Uh, this would have been around the, the era of... Uh, I, I think he actually wrote it, The uh, Shadowland. Uh, oh, oh, Andy own. Diggle. Andy Diggle. Yeah. yeah, I thought Andy Diggle was going to be the man, and then Shadowland happened. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like yeah. he was gone
2: after that.
1: He, he got a, banished He did a Thunderbolts run that I enjoyed.
0: He did. He wasn't he um, after um...
1: after Ellis. Uh, yeah, wasn't he after Ellis? After Ellis, before. Um, shoot, who was the one I really enjoy? Uh, I I lost, I lost the thread, but uh, yeah, I enjoyed it. It it brought uh, Eric O'Grady into the mix and Ghost to Thunderbolts. And like, those are some good, like well-established Thunderbolts now, so. Mm -hmm.
0: Uh, And then you also chose Iron Man number one.
1: Yeah, Iron Man number one um, by Christopher Cantwell. uh, Cafu? it's, I, I don't know if it's C-A-F-U. It's probably not C-A-F-U because it says F-U at the end. Uh, <laughs> and the is by Frank DeMarta. Uh So Christopher Cantwell was the showrunner of Halt and Catch Fire. Um, if you Google him, make sure you Google Christopher Cantwell writer. Um, Why and because uh, there's another Christopher Campbell who's a neo-Nazi, which oh. uh, I'm hoping this Iron Man book does well, so you can bump up those. <laughs> he needs that SEO results.
2: lockdown, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> um, no, but Christopher Cantwell wrote the previous Doctor Doom series um, with uh, with that was honestly pretty funny. Like it was uh, a really weird book, but I really enjoyed it. It was essentially a dr doom running from the law story where his friend is kang the conqueror it's a really weird book but i <laughs> really enjoyed it and uh kafu is fantastic uh if you guys are not familiar with kafu um i believe he did the midnighter book uh let's see I, I, there should be a way to for me to tell uh, oh he did some of um bloodshot previously which was really okay good stuff um he did a story and he did one of the pages in marvel comics 1000 uh yeah there's some good stuff here um i he did the valkyrie jane foster that's his most recent stuff hmm. um, it is really clean stuff and I, I don't know i always want to be reading iron man books i wasn't a big fan of slot stuff um previously no nah. this is gonna sound wrong but i prefer tony stark when he's uh uh, I'm not gonna say an alcoholic, but like when he's um, not happy, <laughs> does that make sense? <laughs> like I like when there 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 is there is uh, there are forces that are forcing Tony Stark to kind of work at his Starkiest, and that's that's what I enjoy. But um, yeah, I'm hoping this fresh start can be good.
0: For me, the era, the initiative era of Tony Stark, and Dude,
1: that, yeah, you can just say the initiative era, and then I'm like, yeah, man, that's. Dude.
0: That that's the idea. It's you and me doing a podcast about Civil War and post Civil War Marvel. Dude, oh, the, it's so the,
1: like dude, show. Marvel's the initiative, top five books of all time. Yeah. Under yeah. underrated stuff. I'm a big gauntlet guy, man. Gauntlet, gauntlet, yeah. Gauntlet, trauma, uh, Cloud Nine. Oh, there's so many good characters in there. If you got, if Marvel's ever listening to this and wants me to write like a young Avengers <laughs> book, I have ideas, guys. Deep ideas here, that would in- not include Hulkling. He's got his time to shine already. So
0: just go write a successful television show. Sure. Okay. Yep. And then come <laughs> back, and Marvel uh-huh. will uh, roll out the red carpet. Okay. I have and a script for a globetrotter's TV. TV show. So let's go. That's not gonna work out, bro. Um, <laughs> try again. I will. Yeah. Uh, so Pete and I actually have the same pulls this week. We both chose giant size X Men Storm number one. <laughs>
2: yeah um so i i really have enjoyed these i have not caught all of them i know um i was really interested in the magneto one but i never got around to picking it up and they put out one about phantom x most recently um but uh this kind of like got me excited about it again i really love storm um and it makes me want to go back and read those two that i missed so um i'm I'm looking forward to uh catching up on this series like i I like the idea of, like, the more artist-centered books, you know? Um, I like the the artist showcase type thing, and I think the X-Men in particular are a great brand for that, you know? Like, they have so many characters that have such distinct looks, and their powers are very visually cool. So um, it's easy to think of a lot of cool stuff that could be done with Storm. So um, particularly, like, given the context of, like, what's going on with her character right now, like, I'm wondering how – you know that's gonna play into it and stuff. So I don't know. There's there's a lot of stuff that you could do there that I think could be neat. So I'm I'm interested to see how see where this one goes. I have a feeling this is gonna be a big uh, part of X of Swords, probably.
0: Right. Yeah. Yeah. Have they mentioned
1: that she's one of the integral characters of that? Because she's kind of been playing like a like a background character role so far. She hasn't been very active. Uh, it's
0: it's funny because in in Marauders there's a a small comment. Mm-hmm. Made about Storm, where it's like Storm is extremely powerful. She presents herself super well. Why is she not one of the main voices behind Krakoa? And I think that the questions that we have about Storm and why she's been kind of marginalized are gonna start to be answered between this book here and X of Swords, because we know she's one of the uh sword bearers or whatever, she's one yeah, of the villains. It. Uh, so I think I think that's all going to start to come to a head, which I'm excited about. And as far as this issue goes, uh, giant size X Men Storm, I'm hyped for Russell Dodderman art. Oh, I think he's amazing.
2: He's, he's one of the best.
0: Yep. Uh, um, what
2: else is? What else did I know know him from?
0: Uh, he was very much a part of the Thor run by Jason Aaron.
1: He did the Gene Gray and Frost.
0: Yes. Uh,
2: oh, okay. Oh yeah, I loved that one. Love that one. So yeah. that's awesome.
0: We got um, a special guest appearance. Oh, this is Tyler's yeah.
1: Cat. This is Lieutenant Jordy Laforge.
0: <laughs> For uh, real?
1: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's, just, he's a he's a mush. He'll like probably climb up to my face and start rubbing his face on me. So oh my God, that's beautiful. Yeah, he's a little shit. He's falling but I love
2: asleep it. in your arms, it looks like.
1: <laughs> yep.
0: Little baby. Um, we also chose X Men number twelve. This is branded as the lead in to X Swords. One of the leaders.
2: Yeah. So, I mean, I'm excited to see where X of Swords goes. You know, I, it, I'm i torn on it because I remember when we first saw the image, like, Kale and I were just like, hey, swords are fucking cool. I'm down <laughs> to see the X-Men fight with swords. And in principle, that's still true. But in the same breath, that also kind of flies in the face of what I've liked about the current era of X-Men is that, like, it feels very – grounded and it's about political intrigue and you know it's it, it feels like way closer to something like um you know i don't know like the west wing or something like that where it's like it's like a political drama it's much time. more
1: cerebral than uh, yeah. a whole bunch of people holding swords yeah <laughs> right and
2: as cool as it is to like see the x-men just like beat the shit out of each other and like have that whole kind of thing go down like i don't know um I'm afraid that it's going to feel like a big, dumb, loud event that is kind of, like, on the periphery of the stuff that we're actually interested in. Um, And that doesn't necessarily have to matter, right? Like, it'll probably introduce a new status quo in some way, but you got to imagine that when it's over, it will go back to what we've been doing. So, you know, I'm trying to remain, like, open-minded about it despite my reservations, you know? So, like, let's see what this issue's like as you know we've said i think every time we've talked about x-men as one of our polls like the series has been mostly hit there's like the odd issue that you know i think in the beginning that we were kind of like a little lukewarm about we always bring up the the old ladies <laughs> but, uh, oh uh, what
0: the octogenarians yeah right? the
2: octogenarians uh, oh Hord- horticulture yeah. Uh, yeah 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 but uh i think i think particularly the last several You know, the last five, six issues have been really, really good. Um, So I'm at the point where, like, Hickman and the people, you know, his compatriots in this have um, earned a lot of rope from me. So, like, you know, I'm ready to see them prove to me why this is a cool idea or, you know, or not, I guess.
1: (laughs) Do we know – like if there are significant swords involved here i know cable has a a pretty important sword right now logan has the marat marasawa blade mirasma blade yeah um i think like are they specific swords we don't know anything about
0: that yet right they are specific swords um jordan white has talked about this uh they're gonna be most of the swords will be like Swords that we have some familiarity with. Oh, from... So
1: they're, it's, they're Legion artifact weapons of the X-Men world.
0: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So uh, I, I do want to respond, Pete, uh, to say that I actually feel like this event is going to upend a lot of the stuff that has been happening you think? in the X-Men world in a positive way. Mm. Because kind of quietly, they've been building up a lot of issues, right? Apocalypse, you know, um, and what's going on with him, friend or foe. That's gonna come to a head. Uh Sebastian Shaw, we're gonna talk about it in our Marauders review, but there's a lot going on with him and what he did to Kitty, and that is going to be addressed, I think. Um, so that's just two of the things. They've got the mystique uh element that they haven't followed up on. I feel like that's probably gonna play a factor here. Um wherever storm ends up is going to be a major issue so there's a lot of storylines that i think are really intriguing going into x of swords and knowing jonathan hickman he's not the type of writer to just serve up a hey here's the x-men with swords have a blast you're right type of event so i'm really excited now to see what type of machinations they've got ready
1: sean you say that about about hickman but then the the empire x-men tie-in which i think was co-written by hickman was literally plants versus zombies <laughs> that's true that's true so he can do dumb stuff he can. Like, d- I, I mean i mean that in a in a in a, a, a yeah. very positive way though yeah. yeah
2: yeah but i think like to to your point that was him writing something that was the part of someone else's story sure, I get, versus I a story it. that he is orchestrating and like laying threads for now and like you know, we've read, what, two Hickman events on the book club, I think? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. and, you know, I b- both of them, we fell over ass backwards to, like, praise him of, like, holy shit, it's insane to think of, like, how long he placed these threads and how these things come back to mean these things. Yep. And there's all these pieces that we probably don't even realize are pieces right now that we'll be reading, and you'll be like, oh, oh, that was the significance of that.
0: And, like – dude. Like, you know Jumbo Carnation is going to be, <laughs> like, a major player down the road. Like, why are, Why is he being talked about? Why was he such a big deal in House of Powers? Like, they focused on um, Sinister's – the Sinister Facts or whatever, his, his, like, rumor thing. Yeah. And Jumbo Carnation was a major player in those, in those rumors. Like, he's going to be a major factor.
1: When's the last time Jumbo Carnation has been even mentioned outside of Hickman? Was it, like, Morrison's
0: stuff? yeah yeah that's I so feel cool like that's... about this
2: time too is like they're bringing back everything you know like yep. <laughs> um well and it's interesting too because like there's also like you brought up all those threads think of how many other threads there are that haven't been pulled on in a while either like there's the i forget the name of the kid who was in it was in the last x-men book that we reviewed it's the the all-white Uh, Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mutant from the other island who's like also another species, and like that's a whole wrinkle we don't even know the ramifications of totally yet. And, you know, um, I had another one uh, on the tip of my tongue just before, but I forget it. But that the fact that there are other ones that I can forget and like whatever speaks to what we're talking about, right? right? Of how many pieces are on the board that mean something um, that they can just like, oh, here. Like, here's this here's this, yeah, here's this yeah. play now, and it's like, oh, all right, fuck. Like, Moira
0: McTaggart. Yeah,
2: yeah right? Like, yeah. are you fucking kidding me? Like, the number one actor in House of Powers who has been off the board since what? Like, issue one of X-Men? Yeah.
1: And, like, one thing, too, is, like, I I, I trust Hickman as a writer mm-hmm. pretty, pretty wholeheartedly. But, like, if Secret Wars is any part of it, like, he's also a good architect. Yes. For, yeah. like— He knows, you know, like where people's other writer strengths will lie, and like where what story they can tell. Um, Then it's just like he's he's good at building a world and an event that can actually work. Um, So yeah, yeah, I'm I'm pretty
0: pretty hyped for it as well. I think I think if you were to ask a, a writer, um, or an editor or someone like that, like. Hickman is a writer's writer in the sense that things that uh, uh, just a casual reader won't notice are the things that a writer or a creator is going to want to see from Hickman. His ability to world build is so good that I think he outclasses just about everybody else at that. When you can take, you know, other people's toys, you know, you're talking about Marvel comics characters where a lot of times it's like, well, uh, you know, this character has all this history. I'm just going to tell my story. And Hickman's like, I'm going to do that, but I'm also going to connect this to things you're not thinking about, the things you've never thought about, things that happened before you were born. I'm going to distill all of this into something that makes sense. Um, And I'm going to do it over years, right? Like, we we look back on his Avengers run, that thing was years long. Um, And things that started with issue one played into the last issue. So, Mm -hmm. I just love that ability. here. very good with the payoff, what yep. I
1: find, which I find a lot of uh, writers, Kof Bendis, cough, um, <laughs> have issues with.
2: To uh, to the point that, that you just made there, too, Sean. I I want to back that up by adding that I think one of the strengths of Hickman as a as a writer of of events and and bigger, you know, like what what even like talking about the whole House of X stuff that's been going on, right? Like he's really good at taking a reader and, like, making their familiarity with the pieces not a problem, you know? And I think, like, the fact that Marco has been able to enjoy these events is a testament to that. Like, how many has he come into where he's, like, he doesn't know 90% of the characters and Hickman's able to, like, speak to their history and make them feel authentic to what you as a seasoned reader know about them, but also write them in a way that if you don't have that relationship to them, if they're a new character to you, that, like, he can catch you up and make, make you understand what they're about pretty sure. quickly. You know, like if given the space.
0: So speaking of Bendis, <laughs> uh, we're going to jump into the Kinda news here. Yes. I put appreciate that in there it. for you. Yeah. <laughs> um, Bendis is ending his Superman run. It's, it's coming to a close this December. Um, This, of course, is where he started. He started with Superman when he made the jump, uh, and he's had well, he's had a run (laughs) on on Action Comics and on Superman. Uh, So his Action Comics run will end with ten twenty eight, and his Superman run will end with twenty eight. Now, so how many issues is that overall? Then twenty eight each. Sorry? There'd be twenty eight issues
1: each, right? Cause then he started a thousand or Yes. Yeah.
0: Yes. He started with I guess technically because he did have a story in one thousand. Yeah. So That's a lot of Superman. Yep. read uh, all of it. We had an event mm-hmm. by him, the Event Leviathan, in fact. <laughs> did we? Well, I feel like we, I read yeah.
2: the outline to Event Leviathan. Mm.
3: Yeah.
1: <laughs> Uh, I've been, I've been hate reading all of Bendis' stuff, so, (laughs) no, I have, I have read every single issue of his Superman and action comic stuff, Mm. um, and it is typical Bendis, because, by that I mean, like, when it's good, it is really good, (laughs) uh, and when it's not good, it is not good at all, so it's, it's been a mixed bag,
0: um. I enjoyed a lot of the start of it, I have to
3: say. Agreed, did. Mm Mm-hmm. I think
1: he understands the optimism of Superman really well. And I think the family dynamic that he really kind of cemented into the Superman mythos is mm. welcome for me. I, mean, I think that's my main issue with Superman previously is that I couldn't latch onto him and having him be like this family man, dad is what kind of was like my cornerstone going forward, which I think he really helped with.
0: Yeah, I, I definitely agree with that. I think when you look at what Bendis went through in his life, uh, just prior to jumping ship and, you know, almost dying and everything. Oh, yeah. He, about that. He's talked about what Superman meant to him in that time. And I feel like you can see that he had a story to tell in those early mm-hmm. days. Um, but Bendis isn't the writer he used to be. And uh, I, I'm a def- I'm a Bendis defender in the sense that I don't think everything he does is bad. And I think most of his Marvel work was good especially like the first half of his career there was very good new avengers Um, mighty avengers good new New avengers is one of the greatest that's one of the greatest runs on avengers ever in my opinion Mm -hmm. um and so i do think he gets a lot of undue flack but if you're looking at his dc run you look to the early superman stuff and it's like okay this was cool it gets weird it gets bad (laughs) but then i really felt like a tipping point was event leviathan which yeah which it, it seemed
1: like he kind of fizzled out like i think even even like his superman run since then has been monster of the week sort of yep and like like there's this there was this dr fate arc that just happened and i could not tell you the villain's name you know <laughs> and and he's introducing another another villain that almost looks identical to that same villain he just had in the previous thing but then there, there are still glimmers in in the work for me like like throughout that dumb dr fate arc there's a therapy session between Dr. Fate and Clark about how he's, he's come out as, you know, as Clark Kent. And like, that's, that's the Bendis I like when he can kind of get to the person in a story. Um, But yeah, I agree. Ever since Event Leviathan, I felt like uh, he he set up all these pieces and didn't know where he put them all. Yeah. Fizzled out for me. So
0: where do you, where do you see Bendis going next?
1: Batman. I do. Yeah, I see um, Tinian stuff will probably be around over at that point. Tom King's doing Batman Catwoman. Um, we know uh, John Ridley is going to be doing that side Batman thing. Yep. But we really don't know where the main Batman stuff will be. Um, and I think it's probably Bendis. And, and I'm going to say this, pretty excited. If it, feel, if it is
0: that. If it is that. How do you feel, Pete?
2: Um, I, I don't It's tough because, like, when when Bendis first came on Superman, I was uh, that was an unfortunate turn of phrase. When Bendis was first on, I didn't even hear it. You just ruined it. Yourself. I really did. <laughs> when Bendis first came on the scene to write Superman, I should say, I guess. Um, I I kind of like made fun of Phil for being so overtly negative about it, and you know, like I'm. I don't know. I'm with you, Sean, where, like, I, I don't inherently look at Bendis as bad, but, like, to your point, like, it, a lot of the stuff he writes over the last couple years has been – I think hit or misses. Is, is being, you know, friendly, um, to say, because he's got a, a lot of missteps. But um, I, I liked – I remember, like, the first few things that we read from it, and it wasn't until – the book actually, like I think it was the Prelude event that I I really enjoyed, and then when we got Man to that still. actual first arc with um that generic ass bad guy whose name I can't remember who looked Rogel's like Rogel's all he, sure yeah, yeah there you go
0: ragu,
3: so, ragu. yeah that was what I remember calling yeah. him ragu he's
2: yeah and he just is like the most generic looking like villain kind of character and it's oh he's a big bad alien he's stronger than whoever okay got it great right. and. It, to that at, at that point, like, it lost me because it just felt, like, stale, you mm-hmm. know? And it's at the point now where it's like, okay, the idea of him moving off the book is potentially exciting to me because, like, I, I've i found over the last couple years of, like, doing this show and being exposed to more Superman that I really like Superman um, when he's written by the right writer. You know, and um, like I think of we did that Superman highlight special earlier this year yeah. and like how much, you know, uh, Superman smashes the clan. That's one of the the books I read this year that I enjoyed the most. Um, I loved that book. I thought it was like deeply charming. And um, I think that there are like we, we read a few books for that selection that I thought were really, really good. Um, some that like even brought a tear to my eye, like in 2020, like with how bleak the world is. I, I, I love the idea of a Superman book that's monthly that catches my attention. You know, sure. um, like if 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 they tell me that oh this is done and Gene Luen Yang is gonna write the mains, like he's gonna write action, right, or he's gonna write Superman, I'd be day one. Let's fucking go. I'll give you fucking ten bucks an issue. Let's go, baby. <laughs> um, but. He's so, writing Shang Chi. If you're interested, in I, that. I know I am. We <laughs> talked about that last week. I'm definitely going to pick that up um, because he's he's a writer I really really appreciate, and I, that that idea is exciting to me. the The thing that I think is like worrying is the well, where does where does Bendis go next then? Like, what's the next book he's going to hop on, and we're going to go through this song and dance? Because if it is Batman, oh, I'll, I'll hate that because I hate the way he writes Batman. Um, we've talked about that in Leviathan, where I feel like he writes Batman like a robot, and it just—I don't like it. Okay, I'm gonna—I'm gonna—I'm gonna step in here.
1: Read his Batman universe stuff. It was the Walmart book he did with okay. Nick Darrington. All right. It is essentially Adam West Batman. It's—it's—it's um—it's—it's it's like Brave that, and the Bolt, the cartoon show. That I like, maybe. Um, <laughs> it's goofy as hell, and it's—it has Batman teaming up with uh, Hal Jordan, Jonah Hex uh it, it it's a vandal savage story it is like if that's what his like, a potential for what his batman could be i'm in and like the idea of him writing something a little more grounded is where he sh- i think he really shined at marvel that's true mm-hmm. um so i i think the potential is there i think the problem with bendis is though that is his output is so huge that his missteps are more evident because there's so much um, i think the the average writer doesn't have the portfolio that Brian michael Bendis has so you don't really get to see the 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 mistakes and the you know the 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 misses as often
2: i guess i just wish he would write less you know and like focus I mean, more i i agree yeah because I, when you know you guys who are reading more of his stuff now than i am like have both expressed that where it's like When he hits, he hits, Mm -hmm. and then we know he's capable of doing good stuff. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, like I've made no bones about it. Like Ultimate Spider-Man was a book that like got me back into comics. You know, like I know that Bendis can hit when he hits, but I don't think that anybody can do their best work if they're doing like so so much like that. You know, like I would much rather him. Like if Superman was the passion project, was the thing. Like just write that, just do that. You know, he's, he's essentially writing the entire Superman line outside of Supergirl right to, now. Don't just do one book, <laughs> do one book and do it. Great, oh. <laughs> you know, like, because I think he's got five books. He's That's got
1: too much Legion, Young Justice, Action, Superman. I feel like something else. Am I missing something?
0: Uh, doesn't he have Pearl? Um, uh, oh, I think yeah. those are on hiatus.
3: OK.
1: Um, I wonder yeah. Why? I mean he, I mean if he if his Superman subs ending in December, he's obviously writing something else currently. So Yeah. Um yeah, I don't know. I, I don't think I'd mind seeing him on like a flash book either. I think there's stuff there that could work. Um, I don't know. So just give him G C P D. Give him G C P D. Let him do his thing there.
0: That's where I think the the, the speculation comes in, the interesting speculation sure. because yeah. uh Joshua Williamson's uh, his Flash is actually also ending in December, so now it's 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 possible that Bendis could end up over there. December is like a very critical point for DC right now,
3: mm-hmm.
0: um, and I'm thinking I I I honestly would rather see Bendis on Flash,
3: sure,
0: just because I think the Flash character, um. Aligns closer to the kind of writer that Bendis is now. I don't know if Bendis has an Alias-esque type of grittier Batman story in him. Not that that's the only way that Batman can be done. I don't sure. think that's yeah. true. Um, but I think if if you took Bendis of two thousand four or five or six. And you said write Batman, you're gonna get something very specifically Bendis of that time that I really want to read. Sure. I'm not so sure if not even like the literally the way he writes, but the the kind of writer he is now. If I want to see that on Batman, I think Flash feels more right for me. In, in terms of media, I think
1: Flash is is poised to be like, I don't think there's a Trinity anymore. I think there's like a like a, a quartet. Is that four? I don't know. Yeah. Like, it's just, like Flash in the in the movies is going to be big. Flashpoint's going to be a, a real kind of turning point for them. And also, mm-hmm. in terms of like TV show, like Flash is big. So, uh, if they can kind of put their big writer on a Flash book, it could be good. Yeah, it's a good look.
2: Can you imagine like that? That could really be a, a not a bad idea of like a way for DC to use Bendis is like, hey, Bendis books sell. So but like does he need to be on superman or batman? No, but put him on flash, maybe flash becomes a top 5 seller. He's writing a good
1: impulse in Young Justice. Just saying. Just saying.
0: Yeah, I I definitely think it could work. Um the the other possibility as far as Superman goes is Mark Wade, believe mm-hmm. it or not. Now, Mark Wade is making his big return to DC Comics. Uh <laughs> All it took was Dan Didio
1: being forced out. <laughs> exactly, exactly.
0: Um, he's got a story in uh, death metal, uh, lost stories of DC Universe. Mark Wade's going to be involved in that. So Bob Harris and Dan Didio <laughs> being gone, and then literally, like within what six months, we yeah. got the return of Mark Wade. And the talks had to have been like literally as soon as it happened. Exactly. Like in terms of the timeline, yeah. Exactly. Uh, so th- they have a long history of beef. Uh, notoriously, Bob Harris left Marvel, and when he left Marvel, Mark Wade had some very, very unfriendly things to say about him. Then, of course, he became the editor in chief at DC Comics. Um, and Do you think so... Dan
1: Didio disliked Mark Wade or Dick Grayson more?
0: <laughs> I'm gonna go with. Dick Grayson. <laughs> yeah, he, he fucking hated him. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Dick Grayson. Um, so, for the longest, the one book that Mark Wade wanted more than any other book was to get to write Superman. Um, and he got the book and then was fired within literally days. Um, <laughs> Damn. Which felt like an F you, especially because Paul Levitz had denied him that book and told him He told it was like a mandate. He would never get to write Superman. Um, And so now that all of those players are gone, I think now's the time where Mark Wade's going to get to get his Superman run that he's wanted for the longest. Mark Wade being a super talent, um, if this is a book he's been dying to work on, I feel like that hits. And and Superman
1: Birthright was written by Mark Waid. He hasn't been able to write the actual book properly. I was going to say, that's what I was just looking up right now, is like, what has he ever written
2: Superman before?
1: Birthright, uh, with art by Laniel Yu, so it's good looking, um, is is I think one of the ones that everyone talks about, like, oh, I need a good Superman book to read. Like, that's one of the ones that jumps out to most people. I think uh, Matt, I think it's his favorite Superman story. You know, outside of, like, All-Star Superman, I think Birthright's the next one that I hear. When, when a mask for like a good Superman story. So, yeah,
2: yeah, I mean, could be good. Damn it, I said it. <laughs> <laughs> to, yeah, uh, you know, to what, to what I was just talking about before, right? Like, I would love a good Superman book. So if he is like hungry to write Superman and has been for a long time, like, yeah, let's go.
3: Yeah, like, um, Mark
2: Wade is definitely capable of stuff that really connects with me. So,
0: I'm in for sure.
1: How, how soon until uh, Superman gets his Clark Kent uh, secret identity back?
0: <laughs> Without question, before the end of 2021. When we do our predictions, that will definitely be up there. I say it happens. Yeah, I um, think you're probably right. Yeah. So let's move forward uh, in announcements that DC should have saved for the fandom.
3: <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh, the first one up we have. The Batman Catwoman release date. So we have known about this book for a while. It was announced by DC in 2019, which feels like a million years ago at this point. And we knew that um, it would feature the Phantasm. And that was kind of the big thing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, This book is going to be the official, official end to Tom King's run on Batman, which, you know, was... That, the way that ended was a little weird um in terms of the behind the scenes political stuff that went yeah, down yeah. To, to cause that end yeah um now it now his end for that run will take place in a 12 issue uh black label series which is the format that seems to work best for Tom um so that's cool it got pushed back because they wanted clay man to do the whole run clay Mann is Arguably the best artist at DC, maybe the best in comics he's up there for sure. Big Clay Man fan, huh? Love him. I think he's brilliant. That was the best part of Heroes in Crisis by Country Mile.
1: Definitely. Yeah. Uh, which <laughs> has been retconned by Joshua Williamson already. So Speak to that. Um, it turns out Aobar uh, Thawne has this uh, speed force power. So spoiler for the most recent Flash issue, but he has a speed force power where he can Talk to other people in the Speed Force and like through like hypnosis, and he's the one who like told Wally like, "Oh, they'll never believe you. You have to cover this up." So, there's, and he was also the one causing the Wally and uh, Barry to fight. So, less than a year? Is it, has it been less than a year?
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. right. It's a quick recom, but yeah. unbelievable. I mean, That's it wasn't good. So, good,
3: bad,
0: so. <laughs> good looking. I, I, it it yeah, it was it was good looking. Um, and I guess you know whatever for the retcon um so we know now that we're getting this book on december 1st so not too long to wait anymore although it feels like it's been a million years the real headline here i think is we know because one of the biggest questions was well okay the phantasm but that character doesn't exist in comics so what version of this character are we getting yeah and uh we do know now that we are getting andrea Beaumont from the phantasm Mm. movie yep uh so that's pretty interesting uh we got a description from dc about the book and they said there's the past when the bat and the cat first fell in love did they meet on the street or was it on a boat rooftops ramparts and gargoyles and over 80 years of fans that have read their comics and their only witnesses there's the distant future where after a long and happy marriage bruce wayne has passed away selena kyle decides to settle an old score without having to worry about the batman objecting catwoman is serving a very cold dish revenge and in the present (laughs) bruce and selena's union is threatened by the arrival of one of batman's past flings Andrea Beaumont, a.k.a. Phantasm. Beaumont's return calls into question how each character chooses to operate in their costume and personal lives, and any move by Phantasm could change the fate of Bruce and Selena's future. So that's what we know now about that. Uh, I think it's interesting to label her as a past fling. Um, if they're going with the original origin for the character, I would say she was more than that. I'm assuming yeah. they're going to be changing that up. Well, it sounds
1: like it's gonna be like the ex-girlfriend showing how Bruce wronged her, and this is her potent- it's Selena's potential future. You know, like uh, interesting. Which yeah. that makes sense. I mean, you lose the the big twist unless there's a different twist that's up you know Tom King's sleeve, um, that really was like the the major part of Mask of the Phantasm. Right. But it's been so it's been you know so long since then, and it's such an important you know film in the Batman mythos that like I, I guess there really is no twist in that regard. So. That's fair.
3: Yeah.
0: I just, I, I, I'm at the point where I don't know how much I care about that character divorced from that specific story. Agreed. Yeah. Agreed.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And, and I mean, I don't know that I can't care, but it, I I don't think it like, I, it doesn't get a pop out of me. It's not like, Oh, I can't wait, you know? um, And and I guess the example I would provide as um, kind of a, you know, a, it could work, it could be good, is, like, I mean, Harley Quinn, right? Like, Harley Quinn originated on the show. She made the crossover to comics and became one of the most beloved characters in the DC canon. So, sure. you know, I, it, it's it's tough. Like, I, I, think, I think I'd feel a lot different about this if it was a couple years ago and, like, we were higher on Tom or if it was, like, a few months from now and, like, Strange Adventures really fucking hits you know and it's like all right cool like he's got the heat right now
1: i i don't think they should have told us phantasm was in it to be honest yeah yep. like I, I, think, I think it would been Bat- cooler batman and catwoman as a title alone is enough to sell the book yep i don't think you like that could have been a first issue you know s- you know singer page at the end
0: um, i i'm very confident when i say i think the only reason that they revealed that so soon was because they needed to change the narrative around Tom being dumped off Batman. Yeah, I think they needed to win fans back over, and I think they thought a way to do that was to um, use the Phantasm to sell the book. Now, to your point, Pete, I, I don't say that it can't work, but the difference between Harley and Phantasm is that Harley is a generic character. She exists in her origin as an ally to the Joker. That can translate anywhere. Phantasm exists in a very specific way, in a specific story. And if you don't have that, then what character is that? Yeah. Like, what what are the characters? It's not like we have all this history with the character to say, oh, okay, that was one story. But here are the other ones where we know what kind of person she is. We don't even know what kind of person she is. So it's really all up in the air and up to Tom's discretion how he's going to create this character for comics, essentially. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good point. I'm intrigued, but I'm not as excited as I want to be, I guess.
2: Yeah, I hope it comes together, but I I definitely have my reservations.
0: Yeah. Uh, We also know, earlier than the fandom, that Batman Black and White is coming back in December. That's pretty exciting, I would say. Um, Can you guys... What is this? Okay, so it was like... It was a limited series. Uh, It featured short stories that were all in black and white with lots of, you know, very fantastic creators. Um, And they're bringing that back. I think the last
1: time it happened was maybe four years ago or so. I remember there being a... There was a Chris Somney story that I remember. It was like, oh, Chris Somney's doing a DC job. Um, which was which was pretty big that I enjoyed but yeah it's like all-star creative teams for these stories which is exciting
0: yeah I think it's I think it's gonna be super cool uh, it has been cool in the past and one of the best things that you get to do with a book like this is you get to say hey uh, we can pull everybody who's great on it because it's only you know X amount of pages um, mm-hmm. I think wasn't there a like a, a a, an animated movie or something like that. There was like an anthology Batman animated movie. Mm-hmm. There was, I think, there
1: was one tied into the video game. If I was correct, there was like a. I don't remember a black and white movie though.
0: So uh, the, I have a, a bleeding cool article in front of me, and it says that there was actually a uh, a motion comic. Uh oh, okay. Gotcha. Yeah. So. That's cool, and then of course we all know the toys that they've released over the years—the black and white yeah, those are very cool. um, toys that they've done. Yeah. So we've seen some of the creative teams that we're going to get. Um, uh, this is going to be a six-issue, forty-eight pager, which is pretty awesome. Uh, Paul Dini and Adam Kubert are going to do a story. Uh, Tim Seeley and Kelly Jones uh we've got uh emma rios we've got uh oh my goodness we've got gabriel hardman and Karina becco with jh williams that is crazy yeah jh oh williams seeing jh williams
1: is like a pop for
0: me yep everywhere. yep it's, it's, I, it's so good he's brilliant He oh, is yeah. absolutely brilliant his, his I, uh batwoman stuff one of my favorite books of all time yep i love it and gabriel hardman is one of my mm-hmm. favorite creators overall uh Shoot, what was his big book um his big book for me was uh Red Hulk wow Yeah, i wow. loved that book i totally forgot about that book
1: and then uh hardman was a uh, uh i think it was uh it was hardman and jeff parker i believe i think this is when hardman was drawing uh yeah. The book yeah yep yep he's kind of since then he's kind of gone into like a lot of the uh the writing realm with a uh, green lantern earth
0: one yeah, yeah yeah him and his wife often co-write their stuff they did invisible republic mm-hmm. which yeah. is bar none one of my favorite books ever made i think that book is incredible yep. and i wish more people paid attention to it but yeah um a huge hardman fan uh tom king and mitch jareds of course are going to contribute to this Sounds familiar. Um, yeah t willow wilson and greg smallwood will be involved as well uh, Sophie Campbell, whose name is kind of blowing up. Um, David oh, Aja. Sophie Campbell's
1: great, yeah. David Aja, Aha. Um I don't. Uh-huh. Has he done Batman? I feel like he's just he's like so tailor made for it. That like I, I have to imagine he's done some
0: kind of Batman. at some point, right?
2: I'm looking it up right now for you. Uh,
0: Bill Quist, Evely Who's tremendous, mm-hmm. um, Joshua Williamson and Riley Rosmo? That's a great team. I think Rosmo is, is is a tremendously talented artist,
1: underrated, I think.
0: Yeah. Um, it, yeah. Uh, and then James Tinian and Trad Moore.
1: Trad Moore on a Batman book is not something I would have come up with. What did he do? Ah. Uh... He did the legacy of Luther Strode. He did those Luther Strode books. He
0: did Silver Surfer Black. There you go. Yeah. Okay.
1: Big uh, Al
2: Alish, Cott guy. Yeah, he did some stuff with Cott. Loved Silver okay. Surfer Black.
1: Um.
0: Yep. It
2: doesn't look like it doesn't look like David A has been done Batman.
3: Yeah, it's
2: exciting.
0: Yeah, uh, if you're if you're a fan of just like really great storytelling, I think that this will be a book for you because you're getting the best creative teams you almost the the best possible creative teams mm-hmm. for the most part like notable absences are like jim lee uh who i feel I hear he's
2: busy he's busy oh. getting a uh, uh, job title changes well yeah. I mean, you also have to think right like you said that this is gonna be six issues
0: mm-hmm.
2: it does say and many more yeah, so it's possible that, like, maybe Jim's going to do a cover, you know, uh, or something like that. I think that. they locked him in the FanDome. I don't know if he's, uh, <laughs> he's, he's
1: not out of there anyway. He'll definitely he, – I guarantee he'll do a cover.
0: Speaking of the fandom, it's literally starting now, Uh, so that's pretty cool. If you refresh your browser, if you've got it open, uh, you can choose any of the verses. So this is actually really, really cool. Um, you want to share your screen? Yeah, I think I think I can do that now and uh, and give you guys a Ooh, look, look at all into these the fandom.
2: Then I don't I don't need to click around.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> so here we go, jumping into the fandom. We've got the Watchverse. we've got the Insider Verse, the U Verse, the Kids Verse, Hall of Heroes, and Funverse. What's speaking to you guys? What do you want to see? Let's watch these roller coasters. No, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I just I don't know what what's what.
2: Uh, Hall of Heroes, I think was God, the like, one of It's like it's so stuff. big. Hold on, I'm trying to like fix the screen real quick. Sorry, YouTubers.
0: <laughs> so I think there Hall of Heroes so, okay. is replaying or allows you to watch on demand the, the first movie set. stuff from okay. uh, from part one. I believe that's what it is. Let's click it and find out. Uh,
1: yeah. yeah so it looks like a lot of stuff. So yeah. one thing that really jumps out to me, in and in it's not a news thing at all, but there is a uh, – in the Watchverse section, there's a League of One, the Dwayne McDuffie story,
0: mm. which
1: looks to be a documentary on Dwayne McDuffie, which is very interesting to me.
0: Um, That's pretty cool. I, I, this
1: is almost like what DC Universe should have been. <laughs> right? Exactly. Yeah. exactly. Multimedia that... uh, look at DC Comics as a property as a whole. Huh. What an idea, yeah. right? Yeah, seriously.
0: Yeah, this is pretty cool. Uh, there's, there's a let's see, a Legend of Tomorrow panel. Who cares? Um, there's there, a uh, Black the Lightning Burger. panel. I think that's just a, I think that's just a commercial for the uh, <laughs> the,
1: the chain restaurant in the Arrowverse. Um, there is a reintroducing Nubia, the Black Amazonian Queen panel, which I think um, they previously announced a Nubia um, YA graphic novel coming out. Oh. Um, so. DC's been like under the radar, killing it with the YA market. So seeing them kind of like doubling down even even further is pretty nice. There's some expansion of DC's Watchmen Universe panel. Oh, no. And Tom King front and center. That sounds like the one to piss off the CG incels. Um, (laughs) DC's Death Metal Metalverse tour.
0: Okay. Watchmen Unmasked. That's interesting.
1: Is that the whole point of Watchmen?
0: <laughs> uh, yeah. So, I mean, I, I'm, I'm way less interested, believe it or not, in the ability to watch whatever I want than I was when I was forced to watch what they were showing me through the feed. I do believe
2: that. Um, I, I agree. Wait, go down real quick. Yep. Yep. That, that's what I want. Static shock episode screening. Let's just watch static shock <laughs> for the rest of the show. I don't even feel like we need to talk about the rest of the news. Just oh, that's be- pretty cool. This just became a static shock watch-along podcast.
0: Hmm. Don't have it loading for some reason. What the Thanks hell, Fandom. man?
1: We gotta be we too gotta be too many people in
2: the dome.
0: <laughs> yeah, there's probably too many people in the dome. Let's see if uh, I love the idea that works. everybody
2: just wants to watch that. So like that, everyone's trying to watch it. Flood. The uh, there looks to shows. be a like a creating heroes: the life and art of Jim Lee, like
1: documentary. which Damn. that that is interesting. especially in the get five two here.
0: Can't get in. Yeah, can't get into anything. Wow, All right. Well, uh, we'll return to that a little bit later on. We'll yeah, check I'm, get, I'm getting the same thing too. Okay. Yeah, it's probably just packed right now. And um, well, oh well, thanks, DC. <laughs> uh, speaking of DC, and again, more things you would think they would have saved to announce until the uh, fandom, we know more about what's going to happen with five G. So of course, you yeah, Sean, we remember. know it's
2: spreading the coronavirus and it's going <laughs> to tap into our minds. Bill Gates is uh, giving us that five G. That five G Rona.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Track us. Um,
1: <laughs> guys, I'm gonna be uh, protesting this pizza spot later if you guys wanna meet up. Down. No
0: masks allowed. No, no all right. Not well, being controlled like that. I I have asthma, so I'm gonna have to <laughs> okay all right well yeah as was a liberal
2: ploy sean <laughs> you don't need asthma i have all these fake cards that
1: say i have pre-existing conditions i don't need to wear a mask also sean don't you know
2: that if you have asthma you can't wear a mask because of the oxygen oxygen degradation you will die
0: Well, oh, that's true that is true yeah
2: <laughs> anyone ever like you ever walk away from
1: somebody and they like they look at you and like they look at your butt and they go like oh you got that ass ma no. No. Okay. All right. That's a, that's a pickup line that you should never
0: use. I you don't, don't
1: understand how have...
2: we got there, but thanks for the advice.
0: <laughs> pickup line advice from Tyler Olson. We're three,
1: three guys that are in uh, long-term committed relationships, right? <laughs> yeah, we
2: certainly no, but that proves we clearly know how to pick up women, right? Yeah, <laughs> that's what I use. I used asthma. <laughs> Just have all right, all right. Dating tip number one, have an asthma attack. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Worked for me. Wait, um, wait, okay, no.
2: I'm just I'm just imagining Did Sean really having asthma an asthma attack, attack. he doesn't no. have his inhaler, and Rebecca has to like fireman carry him to like back to where's
1: <laughs> if there's one way to like have a like real intense experience together, it's a near death experience very very erotic that's true wait
0: erotic (laughs) (laughs) trying to think have I had any near-death experiences in my nine years um no close close I've been pretty sick so Mm -hmm. she's had to care me care for me through those so I think you know it increases the it's erotic like Pete said um we're trying to talk about 5G. Don't know how we got on that
1: subject. Uh, Tyler's here, you Bill, never know. Bill Gates needs to track us and put us together. <laughs> uh,
0: so, of course, 5G was supposed to say bye-bye to all the old heroes in the DCU. It was going to, like, address <laughs> the fact that they are actually old and kind of phase them out and introduce us to a whole new wave of heroes or people who are currently heroes who would go on to... um take the mantle of, you know, someone like Batman or Superman or Wonder Woman. Uh, Luke Fox, of course. Yeah, Luke Fox was supposed to become Batman. And we now know that that's going to happen in, you know, a a black label book that will not be in continuity. But uh, we have learned about a book called Generations Shattered. This is going to be very, very interesting because it claims to be bringing back the quote-unquote original Batman,
1: old uh, Undertaker gloves, Batman. <laughs>
0: Undertaker gloves. <laughs> <God. laughs> Word the 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 purple gloves yeah. the Undertaker yeah. used to rock back in the day. Yeah. First of all, uh, I love this cover. Um, I'm actually gonna switch over so I can show you guys is now.
1: This Rice, uh, even Rice.
0: Yeah. yeah. Yep. He's a super this is talent. A high def cover. Holy hell. Yeah, it is. It is super nice. Um, oh, my God. Look at
2: Starfire's hair.
0: Yeah. <laughs> uh, you've got Sinestro. You've got Shaquille Batman. O'Neil. there, You've got Shaq. <laughs> oh.
1: he's, he's taking time off from selling the Shacaroni pizza to <laughs> don the steel armor.
0: Yep. We need an assist from Shaq. Uh, I'll see my way out. We've got uh, Booster Gold. We've got Doctor Light. So pretty uh, interesting cast of characters there. Um, I like that. I think that Batman is tremendous looking. I think I think he looks phenomenal. I love the the bigger ears. Mm-hmm. I'm
1: there. a big fan of that that
2: original design. It, I think just... Darwin
1: Cook drew a perfect one of that for us. Yeah.
2: Yeah, I, I, I like that it has the the longer ears and, like, the very, very articulated points in the cape, you know, with the swoops. Yes. Yep. Um, but it's really funny to me that they're like, we're bringing back the original Batman design. And the only thing that looks significantly different is that he's just got these fucking goofy purple gloves. <laughs> ah,
0: Pete, my boy, we must look deeper. So... <laughs>
2: Take me there, Sean.
0: <laughs> the, the use of the word original, I believe, is actually extremely significant. Let's remember what universe we're talking about. DC is notorious for bullshit. They're notorious <laughs> for... There's a cover poll right there. <laughs> they're notorious for alternate universes and all that jazz. Generations is was originally intended to be a story that would tell us the of the five what they believe to be the five generations within DC's canon as it relates to superheroes the fifth one being what would have been the post modern age of heroes that would reintroduce that would introduce us to this new wave so my belief is that something within the generation storytelling that we're still getting is going to suggest that the Batman Bruce Wayne that currently exists is not the same one who originally existed at the dawn of heroes in generation one or two of 5G. Somewhere in there, that Batman got taken out of our continuity, and we were introduced to a new Bruce Wayne slash Batman. So
1: almost in a way that the mantle isn't necessarily a mantle, but it's a mantle of an archetype that keeps getting reused throughout the multiverse. Interesting. Hmm. Kind of goes back to Grant Morrison's idea of uh, the
2: superheroes as gods sort of thing. You know, it's being rewritten. Yeah, it's um, very interesting. I, I don't, I don't have like a strong feeling about that either. Either way, it's just like a, it's more of a thing that I feel like is like tough to wrap my head around almost. Like what is what does that actually mean? AKA every crisis ever. <laughs> yeah, right. Because isn't. Couldn't you make the argument that that's always been true, right? That the Bruce Wayne of the golden age, that's earth one Batman, right?
0: Um, I don't know. But <laughs> if you're, if, does, does DC know at this point? I don't know. If you're right, then that's still, that still makes this correct in that this would be the reintroduction of the, you know, original earth one batman yes right so So, even in the background
1: of this image you have some kind of interesting little hints throughout there Uh, so you can see the multiverse in the background which it looks like uh crisis infinite earths almost mm. um you can see gotham because of the blimps that's that's always an indication of gotham but it almost looks like an older gotham it looks, yeah, it's it, like right. pre-Burton almost. Yeah. Which I guess kind of leads into the Batman there. And is that Gorilla City in the background on the right hand side?
2: Something <laughs> like a futuristic looking city. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Hmm. And then we have like the other one is like it looks like planets aligning. Some kind of like yeah, cosmic yeah. event. It's, Obviously all Earth. So.
0: Yeah. I'm I'm this, I'm into that.
2: Who's this kid in the front? commandy i don't know
0: anything about Kamandi.
2: i know that oh
1: Kamandi's great so commandy is the the last boy on earth it's a very kirby thing um where it's it's pretty much the the eventuality of the dc universe that everything's destroyed humanity is pretty much gone but mm-hmm. animals have kind of regrown into humanoids in a way and Kamandi is the last boy left and Interesting. The threat okay. to some of them—it's kind of usually its own standalone thing, but a lot of, like throughout DC, they've always alluded to like this is still always the end result.
0: And then
2: who's the who's the lady behind Booster?
0: The lady behind Booster? Oh, that's uh, Doctor Light. Yeah.
2: Oh. Okay.
1: Not the not the
2: creepy one. Right.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um. So another wrinkle in the discussion about the original Batman comes from detective comics 1027 which will be out in a few days um september 15th and this is the solicit the story pits batman against a would-be gang of museum vandals led by calendar man as the dark knight tries to stop him from torching priceless artifacts a mysterious flash of light appears to break reality and batman finds that everything is different in gotham As he's transported back to 1939. Love it. So maybe that issue will actually feature a swap of some kind.
3: Hmm.
0: Don't know. Um, In any
2: Old man Logan situation where like we get our Batman stuck in the past and the old Batman comes forward. I (laughs) could see it.
1: Reminds me of the twist at the end of the most recent Ratchet & Clank game trailer. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, oh, random works. dimension here.
2: You know what it kind of reminds me of, too, is, um, I mean, I guess it would depend a lot on, like, what the characterization of the original Batman is. But um, kind of like uh, the wrong Earth.
0: Yeah. Oh. That could be cool. Well, the original, original Batman used guns, right?
2: Yeah. Yep. Yeah, he was not goofy. <laughs> I mean, it would be cool if there was, like, imagine they swap them, and then there's, like, a series about both of them. It's, like, our Batman in the past, and that could be neat. I'd read that. That would be really cool. So the the creative scene for
1: Generation Shattered, number one, is interesting. Speak to it. Uh, it's uh, Dan Jurgens, Robert Venditti, and Andy Schmidt writing with uh, art by a, a pretty pretty who's who of artists. Uh, even rice brian hitch kevin nolan aaron Lepresti, fernando Pessarin, and paul plettier i think that's the way to pronounce that um dan Jurgens is the the dc guys dc guy yes um like like if there's anyone who can understand the inner workings of the multiverse it, outside of the grant morrison way of understanding it but like like on an on, on paper like dc history guy like dan Jurgens is the guy for that
0: um Making him a good pick for this.
1: Agreed, agreed. And, and Robert Venditti is just uh, this is like a, a, a maybe a wrestling term, but he's like a reliable hand at DC. Yeah. Like he's never he's never you know a top guy, but he's always consistently good. I feel the like, guy made Indeed. a Hawkman book good. Like
0: like that's it's <laughs> impressive. Andy Schmidt, for me, is the outlier just yeah, because yeah. he doesn't do a lot anymore. At least not mainstream stuff that i've seen Mm. and to have him working on something that is allegedly going to be important it strikes me a little bit odd but uh all right um do you guys think that generations we know that 5g is most likely not happening anymore but the concepts of it the generations tagline of it do you guys think that DC is going to be weaving that in further or is this just like, hey, this stuff was already done? Uh, it was already in the works. We might as well use some of it. I feel, I like,
2: I feel like it definitely de- depends on how successful what they do have is. Like if it comes out and – because to your point, right, if if this like – you know, um, this Lucius Fox as Batman book, right, like this was their way to pivot that plan – Uh, If that comes out and it hits and it's really popular, then, you know, I I think you might see them weave some of those elements into the mainline stuff because I feel like that's how this stuff works, really. You know, it's like look at Miles, right? Like Miles was in a bubble until that bubble, you know, wasn't, okay, it doesn't make sense to keep this going anymore. Well, this is a super popular character, so we're going to weave him into what's already, like, you know, going on.
1: Uh, here right. here's my thing though like especially with the all the the leadership changes at DC, see i don't think that this is a risk
2: they're going to take i think that's why we're getting that in the side thing
3: mm-hmm. but
2: know? that's the I thing just... is if it if it becomes popular sure. then it's sure. not a risk anymore right then it's just taking something that you establish through unconventional means and making it conventional sure yeah
1: i, I just think doing this at, at, at least the 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 leaked original plans were to do this in the main series for each book. Right. No, that's not flying. No, I don't think that's that'll not, ever yeah, happen. That's not flying from a risk standpoint from from upper management at DC or Warner Brothers or AT&T at this point. Um, and that's not flying from a stand standpoint, like a, a fan standpoint, um, if, that, if that makes sense.
2: Yeah, I think if anything, if if this book hits or whatever, they'll either keep it going as its own series for as sure. long as that has juice. And maybe at another date, you roll him back into the main main line at some point. But then I think it's just you have another Batman book rather than, oh, this is Batman.
1: Yeah, which they are not uh, against for sure.
2: (laughs) Yeah, it's like how you can have a Miles Morales book and a Peter Parker book. And guess what? Mm -hmm. They both sell a lot of copies. So why wouldn't you do that if you could? We all know DC loves putting out Batman books.
0: (laughs) So, okay. You guys answered that question. Here's my last question: Do you guys think that DC still cares about the elements of 5G that we're supposed to address, not address, but like establish a timeline and establish the who, what, when, where, and why of every generation that they deem a generation within DC? Do you think that there's still a desire to do that? Probably not, at least not to the same extent, right? Like they might
2: still touch on those elements like obviously this book seems to be kind of nodding at that stuff um so maybe but not in a way that not in the way that it seems like they were going to where it was really going to be like a crisis level shake-up of like what we understand things to be um i think to tyler's point right now it just doesn't really seem like that's what they're interested in doing i feel like if anything they're going to use this as an opportunity to like do some goofy shit like this and then see what sticks yeah
1: I, I imagine a lot of digital first series spinning off of this <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah it's just uh, my thing is that like I don't think any comic book publisher should worry about solidifying their history like that like I, I there's just too
2: much there's too much and then you wind it up convoluting really things yeah, like, especially DC. They've, they've tried it so many times. <laughs> yeah, like, you know, and I remember, <clears throat> like, when I was, like, writing for CBR, that was, like, uh, when I was, like, really first starting to learn, like, about the intricacies of the lore of the DC universe, and it's so hard to explain. You know, like, I, like, not to say that, like, Marvel and, you know, any any universe that goes on the song is going to get convoluted, but, like, I feel like it's way easier to explain, um the kind of like uh what's what's the word they use for it? Like the the stretching timeline of of, of the Marvel yeah, universe. The sliding I think it's the sliding timeline. Sli- yeah, whatever. You get what so. I mean. Where it's like yeah. Peter Parker can kind have of gone to college in the 70s or whatever, but he's only like in his thirties. It's whatever, right? Sure. Like Um That I think is is easier to explain on paper than like being like, okay, so yeah. yeah dc comics start in 1938 and then all the golden age stuff that's earth one but then there's earth two and it's the silver age stuff and then it like and it's all real but like some of it is retcon and some of it isn't and some of it interacts and some of it doesn't and then you have like the current dc timeline where like the golden age characters exist and they're like old some of them aren't as old, and it's like it, it, do, it doesn't make sense is, is the reality. And I think that it's cool when it all makes sense, but you've gotten to a point where you've hit the button so many times and you've done so many, like, half reboots and, you know, like, it's gotten to a place where it's weird and messy, and I think you need to either just let it be weird and messy Mm-hmm. or actually hit the reset button and establish a new status quo and move forward from that which is like what I feel like Marvel tried to do with um uh what was it the one from a couple years ago where it was one ultimate all got new, eliminated a
0: different oh uh, um, secret war
2: wasn't it secret was it just secret war or was it secret wars
0: oh the event secret wars yeah yeah, yeah.
2: that one where it was like all right like we're yeah. going to make all the pieces smash together in a big event and then we're going to reshuffle things the way we want them to work moving forward and sure everything that happened before happened and it's it's in continuity but like it all comes together to a funnel and then reopens up you know and i, I feel like if dc is going to do something like that that's more what they need rather than giving you like a beat by beat timeline or something like find a way to tie it all up and then let it go out again and do what make what you want canon canon and and move forward you know yeah, it's like
1: let's think like how marvel like nick fury could have fought in world war ii and then also the vietnam war and then also
2: you know like it's magneto somehow still alive yeah exactly <laughs> <laughs> Dude, like, like
1: it. 130
2: or something
0: <laughs> nick fury does have the infinity formula let's true. be fair to the old true, man true yeah Actually, he's it's me he, He's dead now, anyways. Yeah, he shows up like in theory. the
1: Empire uh, Empire uh, Prologue. As the the, un-
0: yeah. the unseen, right?
2: Yeah, he shows up as the unseen. Yeah, because so, like but- that was like that was like uh, a thing. Like I remember, I wrote an article about was like about um, times that like the president had showed up in Marvel comics and how like all, like, all of the actual presidents have been president and the heroes <laughs> have interacted yep. with them, even though they're all like, you know it 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 gets weird and it doesn't really make sense, but like you can suspend your disbelief enough to follow it. Whereas like, I feel like DC really wants to like have it make chronological sense, which takes a lot more effort, frankly.
0: Yeah, totally agree. Um, But if you do want to try to keep up with what's going on with generations, uh, shattered will be dropping January 5th, 2021. So a little bit of a ways away, I guess.
1: Yeah, we we um, just got December solicits, so I feel like it's a yeah weird way yeah. to announce
0: that. Again, an announcement that should have come during the fandom, which we can't even watch because <laughs> I get a bad gateway every time I try. DC
1: to... is DCing at
0: this point, so exactly. Uh, hopefully, the narrative around the end of fandom doesn't end up being um, the opposite of how we talked about the first fandom
1: day two of fandom sounds like the sunday of a new york comic-con
0: or it's just like (laughs) nothing works everybody's tired everybody's leaving early
1: (laughs) (laughs) which i think we should be getting your comic-con announcements soon i think marvel announced they're doing a Modoc panel for the hulu show and like they were like talking like we'll see you at new york comic-con i'm like i don't i don't think so (laughs) that's right yeah i forgot Uh, about those shows yeah i think they did too and they also forgot New York Comic Con isn't a thing, but uh, <laughs> we don't have a, a plan for
0: that yet, right? Uh yeah. So the plan they announced the metaverse, and it's been going oh, yeah, on. Yeah. yeah, um, it's kind of flying under the radar. Um,
1: yeah, they're really dropping the ball. These I don't know how DC is doing the better one of all these 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 companies. So it's more.
2: Well,
1: poking.
0: DC DC ha- is is Warner Brothers, you know. DC. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Um. So. Wonder Woman, nineteen eighty four.
1: Mm-hmm. Catgirls, let's go. <laughs>
0: um, movie supposed to have been out. We could have seen it. It'd be out on DVD by now, I think. Blu ray. I, I like um, seeing
1: the already um, washed out movie posters for Wonder Woman, nineteen eighty four at like movie theaters. I'm like, it's not even out yet, and this 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 poster is already dead.
0: Like. That's hilarious. It's, it's weird. It, it has a new release date. That it has sense. a new release date. So it's now going to be coming out on December 25th, a.k.a. Christmas. Sure, Jan. Great day to release a movie. Um, but that's not the news story here. The news story is that Wonder Woman... Now officially has changed its release date more times than New Mutants.
3: <laughs> <laughs>
1: does that make Wonder Woman 1984 the New Mu- the new New Mutants?
2: I
0: think so in <laughs> terms of memes, yeah.
2: Hopefully I mean, hopefully it's better. <laughs> maybe right now it does, but it's like it's changed it more times in a way smaller window, right? Like yeah. New Mutants I remember we talked about this, I think, on episode 200 of, like, I'm pretty sure New Mutants was announced when we started the show. <laughs> and it just came out.
1: <laughs> and also, the Wonder Woman delays are understandable. Yeah. Like, there is a concrete reason that I can see where New Mutants is getting delayed. We're like, oh, I don't know. We might reshoot well, half the movie.
0: Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, let's be fair. New Mutants had the unfortunate yeah. reality of being the last Fox movie and then kind of being shuffled around once the changeover happened, uh, which Dark Phoenix didn't have to deal with as much. Right. Um, boy, oh boy, am I losing steam on Wonder Woman. I don't know. Like, <laughs> okay. I, I yeah. wish they would just let it be. It's delayed indefinitely. Don't yeah. give us a new release date. Leave it alone until we know. What the story
2: is? I'm I'm with you on that. Like I don't I wouldn't say that I'm losing steam in terms of my interest in it because like that trailer that we saw at part one of Fandom I, I thought hard. looked yeah. really good. Yeah, definitely. Um, so I'm I'm in for that, and like that's generally my attitude about like I would say things in general, but especially movies. You know, is that like enough is enough if you show me too much. But as long as they don't put out several more trailers, you know, it's like I'm I'm gonna wanna go see it when it comes out either way. Um, I just don't I don't wanna talk about it anymore. Like, you know? Yeah. <laughs> like just uh I'm with you. Like indefinitely postpone yeah. it and let me know when you're actually gonna show it to me.
1: I'll see you when I see you, sort yeah. of thing. Right, yeah. right.
2: That's where I'm at with it. Cause mm-hmm. I know I'm I know I'm in on seeing it. I like the first one a lot. This one looks to be a lot better. From what we've seen, it looks good. Just show feel, me the fucking movie already.
1: I feel bad for the marketing team behind this. Like they have a yeah. plan and then like, oh, we gotta we gotta stretch out this last phase of marketing for a whole year. Like yeah, uh, like I honestly already I have had no, to do that. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Yeah. I, honestly I, think... I have zero interest. I'm gonna see it. But like I just been like I don't know. It's just it's just I fizzled they, out on it. Yeah. They, they never
0: should have shown it. Cheetah. Uh, that I think was that was the only thing that we didn't that we hadn't seen. Like I know the whole movie at this point. The yeah. movie is uh, Maxwell Lord is a rich philanthropic tech genius who has developed a way to give people what they want through his technology. What Wonder Woman wants is Chris Pine. And in order to prove his power to her and that he's a good dude, he resurrects Chris Pine. On the other side of that, Barbara Minerva is a nerdy scientist girl who is enamored by Wonder Woman. And he's she a furry. <laughs> <laughs> she, she is not a furry. Um, she probably becomes upset with the fact that she has limitations that Wonder Woman doesn't have. And she will go to Maxwell Lord, or he will capture her, or whatever. And she will become the Cheetah, leading Wonder Woman to have to face off with Cheetah, her best friend, reluctantly. And then after she disposes of Cheetah, she will go after Maxwell Lord to make him pay for what he's done. Trump, I've been telling
2: you, you gotta make this its own. This is a YouTube show where you just spoil an entire <laughs> movie based on the trailer. Because you do it, it every out. time, yeah. and it's yeah. not as good in an audio format. You gotta like get you a pointer and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> do uh, trailer trailer
1: breakdowns?
0: Yeah, I'm. Uh, believe me, I'm more than down to do those types of things. I, I I I just wish that they didn't make it so easy. Like, why do you show so much of the movie? Yeah. In the in these trailers, it's it's crazy. They got
2: to keep the appetite going. For That's the thing is, I I only watch trailers for the show. You know, so like I try to tune them out as much as I can because they do show you too much. You know, and mm-hmm. like they give away too much of the movie. Um, so I was like when we watched this, the last Wonder Woman trailer, like I think we watched it live, and I watched it with no sound, and I haven't rewatched it because I don't want to know. I but, haven't watched it. You know, like I've seen yeah, the beats, just, and I'm like, cool. I what? saw screenshots. That's about it.
0: Well, don't go see the movie now. Just save your <laughs> $30, $40 and listen to me ramble.
1: Is it going to be an extra $30, and you can watch it on HBO Max? <laughs> see, I would pay for that
0: I want to watch the fucking movie like just put it out already man I wouldn't pay for I wouldn't pay $30 to watch a movie on any of those platforms even if it was Black Widow I wouldn't I wouldn't pay to see that really not not no not
2: that maybe not $30 but yeah I mean if, it, if I it mean was a normal price I'd do it if I'm
1: going to one of those movies I'm going with with my fiance New York movie prices roughly 15 bucks a ticket yep. so yep. like it's it's about the same, you know, except that, yeah, except I fall asleep on my couch. So I,
0: I I think you and I are similar in the sense that I go to the movies. Like, okay, let's say I didn't have this show and, you know, whatever. Let's say sure. you, you could watch the movie day and date on television, on your television screen. I would go to the movies. Same. Yeah. Exactly. Same. Right. So we're the same yeah. kind of person. Yeah. There's, so,
1: there's an experience that I, that I have. Like I've seen, right. I've seen some movies only in the movie theaters. Yeah. Like I haven't watched yeah.
2: that at home. Yeah. yeah,
0: exactly. I've done that for and a so lot of the Marvel movies. Mm-hmm. The way that I rationalize the price of a movie is that I'm paying for the experience. Yep. So, so I'm going to, yep. I'm not going to pay a premium price to just watch it in my house. There's no way I'll never do it because mm-hmm. I'm, I'm not going to get that same experience. And then what? Um, am I going to have an opportunity to watch this in theaters down the road or is it just over wonder woman 1984 black widow eternals will not be as satisfying for me if i only watch them at home it's just not the same so having so
1: i actually saw new mutants in a drive-in uh which that was an experience for me and like even like that like if we could bring drive-ins back in a more sure. like, I think we hard. are,
2: dude. Like, I think I'm they're currently. making yeah, a yeah. strong comeback right now. All of a sudden, just it,
1: it where we are in New York, it's a little tricky because yeah. it, it's so populated and, and space is so limited. You got to get out so, of the city, basically. Uh, yeah, I had to go two, two hours up New York yeah. for it, but I was already planning on going. It was kind of just a kind of a serendipitous moment that they were actually showing new mutants at the time, but um, yeah, it's the experience that I need. I can't do the the at-home rental thing. Like, it's... Yeah. You know, I get too comfortable if I'm just hanging out in my boxers, man. I can't do that in a movie theater. I get yelled at.
0: <laughs> exactly. I'm going to be too tempted to, to get on my phone, check yeah. Twitter, yep. or, you know, do something stupid, and it's just like, I want the... The movie theater experience forces you to focus, and I yep. want that. 100%.
2: Yeah. Yep. Yeah, I'm with so, you guys on that, where, like, I do want it, but I think for some of these movies... Um... I also think that like the fatigue that you uh, you two are both expressing is like a real problem, you know, and like, uh, you know, um, if if they're gonna get in a theater, great, but for some of these movies, it's like you got, I guess, just shit or get off the pot eventually, right? And uh, I don't know, it's a, it's such a weird, like unprecedented, unprecedented I mean. situation that hopefully by next year we don't have to worry about.
1: I mean, look at look at Tenet. It decided to shit instead of getting off the pot, yeah, and I mean, that movie's like do terrible in comparison to what it could have done. Yeah, but also like I, I also hear that it's going to be in theaters for a while. <laughs> like, I hope so. Yeah, yeah, because I haven't seen it. I want to, even Me though too. the reviews have been weird. It's weird, like knowing a movie is out and like a good person of the country can go see it, um, where I'm like, uh, I can't. Not that I yeah. can't, but I just I just won't. Yeah, where I, I refuse. <laughs>
0: yeah. It's a it's a big time bummer and it's something that uh, I think the studios are going to have to deal with. Sony said they're yeah. not releasing any more uh, blockbuster movies until this situation is resolved. We you're just, get just, Venom you're just this losing year, money.
3: right?
0: Um, or is it next year? I think Venom was always next year. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. So, um, it, it it sucks and it's just it's a new world, it's a new situation. Uh, and it's something that uh, hopefully we have resolved pretty damn soon because I am tired of not going to see movies.
1: Yeah, oh same, same. Maybe we'll see Wonder Woman 1984 in 2084. I think that's probably when we will finally <laughs> be able to see it in theaters. Nice. <laughs> we'll be seeing anniversary screenings in theaters before we start seeing the actual <laughs> release in theaters.
2: 25th anniversary edition. Yep,
3: yep.
0: Uh one last look into the fandom before we get into our Marauders <laughs> review. Let's see if uh if I can get in. Nope, can't. All right, nope, guess all we're right. reviewing Marauders. So, I don't know about you guys, but I actually didn't read 11 when it came out. Uh I'm not sure what happened. I didn't read Marauders 11. Um so I had to read Marauders 11 and 12 to prepare for this Yeah. and did the same um thing. Yeah, I I missed something super critical, of course, full spoilers that uh, they had resurrected Kitty. <laughs>
1: mm-hmm. That's, That's a, a pretty p- big thing to miss.
0: Yeah. <laughs>
1: pretty significant.
0: Yeah. So um, she's back. And so are we with our review of Marauders number 12 by Jerry Duggan, Matteo Lali, and Edgar Delgado. I really, really like the direction that Marauders is going in. I agree.
1: I like how this is a stealth Kitty Pride book. Like, I know it's Marauders, but, like, I'm always looking for more Kitty Pride, so perfectly happy to have her as, like, the the main lead of this team book.
2: Yeah, I mean, to me, like, from the beginning of this book, that was always the selling point, right? Was, sure, it's a team book, but Kitty's the leader of the team, so the book's gonna be about her. And, you know, um, every time we've ever talked about our favorite X-Men, like, Kitty's always been up there for me. So, yeah, that's, like, the main event for why I'm still here for Marauders. Um, and I'm, I'm definitely with you, Sean, where I, you know, this book has definitely been hot and cold, but I'm, I'm really interested in the direction it's moving in right now.
0: Yeah. Um, this, this was definitely not a, not an exciting issue by any means. I mean, essentially nothing happens in terms of like the big moment has already passed. Kitty is yeah. back. We know this, Um, And this issue is just more about uh, her kind of reconnecting with some people. So she reconnects uh, with Storm. Uh, That's kind of the opening here. Uh, Her and Emma have a different relationship now that she's returned from the dead than the one they had prior, I would say. Um, Her reconnecting with Nightcrawler was a good moment. So there's a lot of stuff like that that really works and is effective. I'm really, really intrigued by where things are going to go with Sebastian Shaw because right now, only Kitty and – or we know Kitty knows. We know Emma knows. Um, I'm not sure who else actually knows what happened. So it's Lockheed?
1: Right. Uh, Does Bishop know? I feel like Bishop knows a lot more than we think Bishop knows. but
2: I think Bishop knows more than we think he knows, but I don't know that he's totally up to date on what's happening right here. Like, my interpretation of where we're at right now is that it's just Kitty, Shaw, Emma, and Lockheed.
0: Yeah, and that's interesting because, like I mentioned earlier in the show, that's another thread that could pay dividends Sure. In X of Swords, it could pay dividends after the fact. We don't really know. Um, but I like that as a thread that can be pulled on down the road. Um, I think Shaw's a great villain, especially for this time, because he's mm-hmm. exploiting the... He's, he's using this situation that the X-Men find themselves in for personal gain. He's the first person to do that here in Krakoa yeah and that's a great early threat for them to have to deal with we know there's a lot more bigger stuff down the road but I like him in that role
1: and, and he's doing the traditional Shaw thing which is explaining women which is uh, it's the one thing about this book too is that it's a very uh, woman-centric book yeah um, where I feel Kitty is the history of Kitty Pride has been a lot of her in Colossus and how her character is you know, a reflection on her relationship either with classes or Professor X as, you know, yep. as that. Where this is really focusing on Kitty's relationship between other women. It's, it's, it's focusing on her relationship with Emma Frost, Foc- focusing, you know, Storm. a little more you know, with Storm. Uh, and, and and Magic, Ileana, is, is a big thing too. So it, it's really a, a, a female-centric book and then making Sebastian Shaw the villain of it, who has traditionally mm. been a guy who just, his MO is exploiting women.
0: That's a great point.
1: Um, is is a great foil to that. It, it, I don't think that's what this book was sold as either, and, no. and it, it, I'm sort of seeing how it's 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 turning into that, which
2: I'm really enjoying. Yeah, and I I dig that, especially I think because the book wasn't sold that way. Sure. Yeah. You know, because I think that um, I think it's an example of how. Similar to the way that we've talked about Strange Adventures, I think, where, like, this book is a book that has – it's been a slow burn, and it's taken a lot of time. But I also think that because it's been a slow burn and we've had a lot of time, it's been able to lay down threads that make issues like this more meaningful. Mm -hmm. Right? Like, the fact that we know that Kitty and Nightcrawler haven't seen each other for a really long time, so their reunion feels like it has weight, you know? Um, The fact that, like – yeah, Storm's been a background player, but the primary thing that I feel like Storm has done has been support Kitty, right? Yeah. So you feel their relationship right now. And, like, I, I think that it's done a really good job of leveraging the time that it's spent in moments that felt... Maybe it's a little harsh to say irrelevant, but that felt, like, superfluous at the time, at least. Mm. Um, now... They have weight, right? Like now, I buy Emma and Kitty as a duo, mm-hmm. um, and that is like you feel like really coming home to roost now, which is yeah. cool. And that's leveraging their 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 long history together too, and, you know. And I think yeah. they both they both
1: recognize like oh, we've been through this shit together these are you're the person I can trust
2: well until yeah. the point you made about about um the way that it leverages like Ilana in this um yeah. in this issue as well and like and I think uh I also I did a little bit of research because obviously um you know I, I guess kind of like the headlines that were coming out around this book was that it, it you know it, it confirmed that Kitty Pride is bisexual and I kind of wanted to like refresh my memory in terms of like was there like <laughs> subtext for that before and you know yeah and one of the things that I found that I thought was interesting was there was an article on sci fi um, by a woman named Sarah Sentry that was uh, Why the Erasure of Queer Kitty Pride Matters. And mm. in it, um, they have a few examples of like, you know, moments that could definitely be interpreted as her like flirting with women. And one of them is with Magic with Alana. And then the other one was with, um, uh, 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 what's her name? was also in this one um scott's rachel, kid rachel gray yeah rachel gray yeah yep. which is a, another thing so it's like i thought it was interesting how um you mentioned how it makes good use of the history right sure. like i think this issue makes good use of the history that's been established in marauders as a mm-hmm. series but also for kitty as a character right and like ranging from deep cuts to not
1: sure yeah, and, and to bring up, like, Kitty's sexuality in this, it, it's it's interesting how we, we joke about uh, Krakoa being a fuckfest, um, but I think it's really commendable how fluid everything's become there, you know, like, it's, it, X-Men has always been about the subtext, what's the subtext here, what are, are these guys actually representing, you know, we're like, fuck subtext now, this is the text, you know, right. Like, just, nobody needs to be straight in Kokoroa. Nobody needs to be, you know,
2: gay. It's just people are people there, or mutants are mutants there. Um, They're free to so explore it, themselves. Exactly, yeah. You know, yeah. Um, in a way that, like, I I think is – it's actually a really, really interesting social commentary. Sure. Yeah. Um, Because I think there's, like – there's definitely a segment of thought around the idea that a lot of people in modern society have more rigid – uh sexuality or gender expression than they might if it wasn't something that was um put on you from literally the time that your parents are aware that they know what genitals you have and they can burn down a forest um (laughs) oh geez so i think that's a really interesting idea and, and um, oh, I, I don't I don't mean to like say that as an idea as like oh like what a novel concept like you know that it's only a narrative like I think that that's an interesting thought right like mm-hmm. to express um, or to explore the idea of human expression and how what's like acceptable changes over time and like you see more and more people comfortable existing outside of that binary right yeah. or, 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 or whatever, right? And the idea that the mutants as a people are grappling with that, like, on a societal level because sure. they're they're like, yo, like, we're not humans. Like, we do not need to live by the rules of human society. The rules um, that have been put on us, the, you know, the idea of, like, what a man should be or what a woman should be or, like, what a normal family looks like is all yeah. out the window, right? Yeah. Like, look at the summers, Yep. Um, like,
1: gender gender roles don't really seem to exist here. No. Um, traditional gender roles don't exist. And like, uh, it, why it, should it, they?
2: Right? Exactly. Yeah. those are human concepts.
1: Yeah. And if, if if Krakoa is a place for a mutant to be able to accept a, a, that they are a mutant and how their mutant powers are, are, are manifesting, of course it would also be a place where they can accept who they are as a person as well.
2: Yeah, and, like, who they are as, yeah. like, a sexual being as, mm-hmm. you know, like, a, a, as anything. Yeah. Um, and then we even talked about that, like through the the concept of like apocalypse, the idea of like, you know, like what happens when the warrior puts their sword down, right? Like, it, it, it's it's something that's true in every facet of mutant society. But seeing this specific issue take something that has been kind of subtextual about a character and uh, canonize it in a way where it's like, hey, like this is Kitty figuring out who she is, right? Like as Kate now as as yeah. this phase of her as a person um, and I feel like that is that's just good it's good storytelling it really is mm-hmm. like it it leverages so much to to um, have a character moment that like comes across as authentic
3: yeah
1: yep and also that the, you mentioned the, the 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 bit with Nightcrawler and how he gives her her Star of David that she was, you know, they were afraid she lost during it, and like I feel like people forget that Kitty's Jewish. Mm. Like it's like when when you know your 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 CBR or ComicBook.com lists come out of you know, you know during Hanukkah, like oh top uh, ten uh, Marvel characters that happen to be Jewish. It's like Ben Grimm is up there and Kitty Pride's up there, but like yeah, they're up there on the list, but I don't feel like it's really addressed in books, and then the idea of religion being uh, a theme that can be brought up. In a story about Krakoa, the the Nightcrawler giant size, was, yes. you know, uh,
2: you know, Still addressed it for
1: that. at
0: some point. Uh, no, it happened. No, no, know, no, no. Yes. I
2: mean, um, the Follow ramifications up. of that yeah, oh, yeah, 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 of where he's like, I need to start a mutant religion.
0: You know, it's yes. like, yeah, yeah, so, okay. <laughs>
3: there,
1: there's that thread being pulled a little bit here. Um, which, which, oh, man, that I'm a nerd for like, uh, for like theology in in terms of, like I'm not a religious person, but the idea of it is very interesting to me. So seeing that in fiction, yeah. especially in a place as fantastical as Krakoa um, that's, that's something that uh, really really uh tickles my fancy I guess
2: I think why I'm so interested in it's like I'm so fascinated by sociology sure. and the yeah. idea of like how a society develops and like the fact that we're seeing mutant society yep. develop that's exactly what's happening in this book yep. it's so fucking interesting and the fact that they do it in ways big and small by like here's how they deal with the United Nations or like Here's it through the lens of kitty pride and her sexuality is like um it gives a very holistic view of like who the mutant people are and like what their values are and how their values are developing and like i don't know it's it's very very interesting
0: so i um i i i want to talk about the art because i don't i don't actually think i liked it very much Hmm, um so uh, the so the creative team on art is not the same as it was in 11. And 11 I thought was really good looking. And okay. that was Stefano Caselli. And I feel like whenever they switch over to Lolly I always have the same response which is like uh this doesn't look good like I don't really love the way he draws Storm. It's been an issue for me since day 1. Um, I, I, his Emma's not very good looking. I thought Kate's hair was bad. Um, It was very eighties. Like I I like that. Like the style
1: she wants to come back with. You know, that's
0: fine. The style was fine. It was the way that it was depicted that I don't know. It just looked like a rug or something that was just thrown on her head. It didn't look real to me. Um,
2: I thought it was like a little too shiny. Like yeah, you know what I mean. I thought the lighting in this issue did seem a little off yeah, sometimes. It, I, I think it was the coloring uh, for me. Um, yeah.
1: So uh, I'm a, I'm a fan of Lolly, uh, Matteo Lolly uh, to be specific. <laughs> and uh, he worked with, with uh, I believe it was Jerry Duggan, yeah, Jerry Duggan on, on the Deadpool run during the, the uh, what was the uh, Nazi Captain America story? Secret, Secret Empire. Secret Empire, yeah. Um, he worked with uh, Jerry Duggan on Deadpool during Secret Empire, which was great. That was, uh, Jerry Duggan's Deadpool, super underrated, really good stuff, um, but I love Lolly there, and he had a different color at that point. I think it was, if I'm looking this up right now, it wasn't Edgar Delgado, which is what he what it is here. It, it was Ruth Redmond there. Mm-hmm. I think the issue with the coloring here is that Lolly's art style, I think, works with flatter colors. where The colors here were trying to give it almost a almost a 3d render texture i felt like or it sure. made things look waxy if that makes sense yes that's, yes yeah, it's, it's, that's a it's, great way to put it it, it, it reminds
2: just, me of like um the photoshop thing, yeah like and yeah, Bevelin and yeah. Boss.
1: yeah or or um yeah, exactly yeah it's it's um who's the the big guy that was on uh the darth vader star wars stuff he's a, either love him or hate him An um right? la roca oh yes yes same kind of way that that la roca is colored yep where it's, 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 it looks greasy, if that makes sense. It does,
0: it does make perfect sense. For some reason, with La Roca, I like it a lot more than I do here, but we've had it's this more photorealistic. Yeah. Yeah. It just, it keeps coming up that these issues by Lolly are just, I don't know. I don't love them. And I know, like, what you said about, cause about uh, Delgado on colors making what um, Lolly is doing not work it, that that does make sense, but Delgado happened to have colored eleven, and I thought eleven was fantastic. So I guess, yeah. but I guess it, it is you know a stylistic clash that does happen. Yeah, so.
2: like I think it's that with that style the colors are working, and with this it just if, there's a clash, yeah. and because I I, I am with Tyler, we're like I don't think the art is bad. Like I'm looking at a lot yeah. of the pages, and I think a lot of it is good, but like the color with it just doesn't work for me
0: hmm. yeah um and and so that that kind of was a little bit of a bummer especially because i read them back to back it was like oh man it's great and then we get into this and it uh, wasn't you know
1: i will say i did not care much for lolly's lockheed looked like a scarf like yes <laughs> there's zero dimension there uh it yeah it was not for me but that that's yeah yeah, there's a messiness. That's it. it's a minor, a minor gripe at that point.
0: Um, other than that, I mean, uh, Kate gets a new tattoo. She kisses a girl. Um, I, I you know the the, the 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 tattoo thing, I thought was kind of dumb, to be honest. Uh, <laughs> if she's not immediately going to enact those plans, then getting this tattoo is just showing her hand, right? Literally. Um, again. <laughs> so, I don't really get that. Um I'm I'm not I the 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 knuckle tattoo thing was novel and it was fine when she did it at first. For that to be her gimmick now, I don't know how how much I love that. Um Yeah, this was this was good. It was fine. Uh there wasn't much to the story, but it was nice to see Kate reconnecting with these characters. I just want things now to accelerate. Like we have X of swords on the docket, we know that's coming in the immediate. Where does Marauders go? How do these characters fit into that story? Or is it only the Shaw story that we have to look forward to in this book?
2: I am very excited to watch her kill Shaw though. I
0: hope
2: that happens.
0: <laughs> but like is killing
1: what's the point of killing someone at this point? Cuz like where yeah, the what are the implications? He comes yeah. back, you
2: do it again. Just keep doing it
0: that is something that the mutants have already dealt with right and we saw how they handled it the first thing they did was throw saber tooth in a hole yeah so if they want to approach shaw the same way um that's fine but now because shaw i mean i don't i wouldn't say shaw has allies but shaw has investments shaw has people that he has worked with there's there's mutants that you know he probably owes favors to or whatever, whereas Sabretooth was just straight up bad. He's a goon. So what happens? And and there were people who didn't like that. There were people who didn't like the idea of, of Sabretooth being thrown in a hole. So what happens if you do that to someone like Shaw, who's not only um, powerful in his own right in terms of his connections, but he's also a member of the council.
2: Yeah, that's true. Yeah. I mean, I think know. that's the thing, right? Is that like no matter what the story implications of what's happened and what has to happen now are very interesting. Um, yeah. Because there's also, like, the, you know, the wrinkle where we thought, like, was there a reason that they didn't want to bring her back? You know, is there a reason that, like, we feel like Professor X hasn't been trying as hard as he could, and, you know, like, I don't know. Like, there are, there are like, theories and wrinkles to it that I think could still play out that are potentially interesting. And even if all that... Even if all of that was us misreading signals, the the reality is that two of the most powerful people in Krakoa's you know uh, governmental infrastructure have a blood feud now, and people are going to have to take sides, and like it's going to come to a head sooner than later, right? Like the, like you said, the tattoo is uh, there's a time bomb here. There's a ticking clock right. on on this conflict, um, and I think that's important because this book has never had that and i think that's been its biggest struggle is that there is not a sense of urgency you know it's like yeah like chill they're saving other mutants they're distributing stuff like that's all well and good and it, it there's stakes and it matters but it doesn't feel like um like we're building towards anything whereas now we we have a clear point in the horizon that we're working toward you know and it's fast approaching
0: yeah I I'm totally with you. I think there's a lot to mine, uh, that I'm excited about.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: I think this is really the shot in the arm. This book is needed. And I, yeah. I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing if, if they're able to do something with the momentum that they just built.
0: So if you go all the way to the end and you look at the, uh, the page that shows <laughs> us all of the books that we can expect and where we are in the timeline, you will see uh, what I think are three really interesting things. The first one is that Juggernaut is on the docket. Now, we know that. We knew that. Juggernaut is not a mutant. It's going to be very, very interesting to see what Juggernaut's role ends up being in Krakoa or within the the mutant world, given his lack of a mutation. Uh, Not always the ally of mutants in general um, although he is of course tethered to them given his uh, relationship to Charles Xavier the second thing that I want to point out is the giant size X-Men tribute to Ween and Cockrum number one uh, coming now I don't really know what that is Um, it being labeled as a tribute to Ween and Cockrum makes me feel like it's not a story yeah. Um, that's the a part of, yeah. right. In which case, I'm not sure why it's here. I thought that this was for that. I didn't realize this was just for any X-Men X related release. Um, but fine. So something to look into. I'm glad you brought
2: that up. Cause I did want to ask a question and see what you guys thought about it. So seeing this gave me that thought. And it also kind of cemented my thought that like Marauders feels like it's behind the rest of the timeline. Right, because like storms yeah. on her feet. Yeah, I think it's been
1: stated that it's behind the timeline a bit. Right, because it was yeah. supposed to
2: have been over by now.
1: Mm-hmm. I think in other books it says that uh, this takes place after Marauder or such and such, mm. I think. I feel like I've seen an editor's note somewhere about okay. that. Or maybe it was an interview or something. I I think it's well established though.
0: Okay, okay. Um, And then the final thing is that X of Swords creation number one is a red book. And we know that whenever a book is highlighted in red on this list, that it's a major must read can't miss book making September 23rd, a big day if you're a fan of the X titles can't wait for that uh let's uh let's move on we're gonna actually do a bonus review for you guys we weren't initially planning it but uh tyler rightly pointed out that this book is pretty important and so we're going to be reviewing dark knight's death metal trinity crisis i mean
1: it would have been pretty funny seeing you guys try to review the next death metal without reading this (laughs) i know like what the fuck happened
0: (laughs) for real yeah uh this book was crazy important i don't understand it's uh, wild
2: that this isn't just number four.
0: I feel like they announced some kind of weird
1: release schedule where like the main book was taking a, a break and this would be bridging it. I don't know. I feel like I remember hearing that somewhere. I don't yes. know. I could be wrong. I mean, it, looks, it makes sense after reading this, but.
0: Yeah. I, I And I feel like there was a similar thing with the original Death Metal where there were there was a book or were books that felt really important that also weren't. Um, Treated as such. But in any event, we do have this here now. um, The Trinity Crisis name is pretty relevant. Basically, we're seeing uh, the Trinity go and go to these crisis worlds or crisis earths or these points at which these crises took place. And uh, ultimately, we find that things are not as they're supposed to be necessarily, uh, which is pretty interesting. I uh I had fun with this issue.
2: Yeah, yeah, me too. I mean, uh, which I guess shouldn't come as any surprise cuz I've been pretty high on the series. Um but I thought this kept up the the pace well of like, you know, there there are some like good high octane kind of action moments, but this felt like a little bit more what I feel like you expressed you were looking for after issue one, Sean, where it yep. felt like a little bit more, like, grounded. It felt a little bit more, like, focused on the characters and kind of, like, what they're thinking and feeling while also um, laying some really important plot threads for moving forward and, like, kind of shaking up the status quo of what we know to be happening right now.
0: yeah. Uh, big moments. Big, big moments. Um, swamp, big swamp Thing. thing moment. Yeah, exactly. yeah. Tell, <laughs> speak to it. Marco missed out. Yeah.
1: Uh... <laughs> I can't
2: believe he's not here. That was so sick.
1: It's yeah. First yeah. Thing
2: he, like, aside from turning into a shield, it's the biggest thing he's done all series.
1: <laughs> he's
2: been a pretty integral part of this
1: whole series. Uh, and he looks like he's going to be a big part of Endless Winter coming up too. So uh, Swamp Thing, on, on the ups, apparently. Hell yeah, bro. I think it's, only, it's because of the show, I think. I think he got the old comics pals boost. <laughs> Gave him the bump, you hey, know. Hey,
0: listen, uh, we've been known to provide that. Uh, so, <laughs> uh, just Swamp sorry, Thing. While, go ahead.
2: While we were on the subject of Swamp Thing, I just that shot of him connecting with the Parliament. Yeah. With like the you know all of the the gutter is all like vines and leaves and stuff. I was like, that is. That's really cool. It's like some Yannick Paquette shit.
0: <laughs> we'll say what happens. That's what I was going to do. Oh, yeah. I'm sorry.
2: Okay. Well, no, you do it. Yeah. You're better than me. <laughs>
0: uh, <laughs> so Swamp Thing has essentially become one. He is the green now. He is the last Swamp Thing. Uh, he is the green. He's absorbed all of the power of the green. He's, he's, he's become it. Uh, he's like one with Earth now. Mm-hmm. um i think i think that's amazing i love that especially because we just read the swamp thing book club and that's kind of like where he started right and now here it is like where he ends you know yeah i i love it
1: you like the little uh reference to abby and anton arcane there too with the robin Dude, king that fucked, yeah that fucked yeah. with me
2: i was yeah. like how are you gonna just throw a man's like one true love's blood on him. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I, I like I like how it, it 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 paired up the the trinity the DC trinity with like this weird trinity as well of Harley zombie Jonah Hex and Swamp Thing
2: and like yeah. oh that's that's a weird matchup but I was totally into it. I'm here for it. Yeah, I Brand. like uh I like the new look of like his post expansion design too where he's got these kind of like.
3: Yeah, horns, horns. almost, yeah. that look like mm-hmm. like
2: antlers or something, you know? It like he... looks similar to Snyder's run, where he became, like, this this winged creature. Yes. Yeah, yeah, which was, I like, how they so. showed him in uh, Injustice 2, was, like, it was based on that design. Yep. He had the wings and stuff. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, yeah, it was cool. It kind of reminded me of, um, like, druids in, uh, yeah. in Warcraft.
0: <laughs> sure, yep. big time.
1: He, he didn't go into bear form, but uh, he was probably just wasn't an arrested area to be able to switch sex. Yeah, not, <laughs> not yet. Uh, no. So are, are you guys Manipul fans at all?
3: Yes. Big time. I don't
1: think you
2: can not be.
0: Like, I wasn't.
3: Just so
2: I, good. I don't know like how much I've seen them on before. Um, but this was, I thought a really, really sharp issue. Yeah. It, it's funny. He did the,
1: um the early Snyder justice league event. Uh, what was it? Do you remember the name of that event where like Jaro got introduced or Starro got introduced?
0: Oh my god. No, yeah, right. Jaro. Um,
1: uh,
2: Jaro. Cuz the original uh, Starro got introduced in Yeah, League number like Starro, yeah, Jaro was like a
1: clipping <laughs> of Starro that happened in this thing. It, it's it's a, it's this is a lot of of uh Snyder's Justice League stuff is 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 in this book.
0: I can't remember um, the name of the event, but yeah. I know what you ref what you refer to. No more heroes. No. Oh 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 my God! Uh was it God. no more heroes? No, it was. Uh... Shoot. Because was the artist on that one
1: too. That yeah. that kind of like is what brought about the whole Perpetua thing, and, and Yep. No justice. That's what no that justice.
0: Yes, yeah. thank you. It's killing me. Uh, Twenty
1: eighteen. Okay, that long ago. All right.
0: Yeah, yeah, no. Francis Manipool is is uh, is amazing. I loved his. I mean, I, I think he was just writing it, but uh, the Flash when he yeah, was on that. He was doing both. Yep. Yeah. Um. Yeah, that was that was crazy. So yeah, he's amazing. He does a great job here throughout the massive amount of pages in this book.
1: Uh, Forty eight pager. This is a, a beefy one.
0: Yep. And uh, lots of really cool moments. That's one of the things that I love about the Death Metal. Or the dark nights in general, um, thing that Snyder has going on is just how many cool things tend to happen. And Francis Manipool is great at that. He's great at showing you big moments uh and 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 giving them what they need to feel big. Yeah. Uh, and I think he hits on that every single time. Getting to see our Barbatos here was pretty cool. Um, <laughs> and Superman just sucker punch him too. <laughs> <laughs> that was like such a dark, dark night
2: death metal thing to happen to, like He's like, like, see what you have wrought! And he just, and he's just like, what? Like, whatever. <laughs> I also like how, like,
1: the original uh, Dark Knight's Metal, uh, it it felt like it was going, it felt like Snyder's Crisis mm-hmm. without the Crisis name. Whereas I think that showed it was good and they were like, all right, you can use Crisis now in a, in a title. And that's where this, this ends up here. And it right. addresses the three major crises. Um you know towards the end there they're they're going they have to stop Perpetua, and this is a lot of timey-wimey mumbo-jumbo in this book um but that's just been snyder's justice league run run in general yep but the fact that he has to go and stop Perpetua from being able to harvest this crisis energy from these like pocket dimensions where the three main crises are perpetually happening um is 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 fun because those are like the dc moments everyone remembers you know they said fuck identity crisis in this one but yeah (laughs) to be fair i think most people do at this point but uh, it's nice to to tackle the uh, now. It's like a what if version of these worlds, uh, which is which is pretty cool. And one of my favorite DC characters ever shows up. So, uh, which one is that? Superboy Prime. I'm a big yep. Superboy Prime guy.
2: That was think, crazy. Uh,
1: Superboy Prime being from our world is like my favorite thing ever. And and how he's just uh, a shithead that got too much power. And uh, I love it. He's, yeah. he's the worst and he's the best at the same time.
0: I'm a I, I bigger fan
1: of Superboy Prime than I am of Superman. So, wow.
0: Yeah. Good thing uh, Phil's not here.
1: Oh yeah, it's the antithesis of Phil, I guess. I guess at that point. <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, I, I I do have to say that uh, whenever a DC writer gets into like, oh, these crises and the <laughs> the value of the name, and it just it gets really stupid for me. Um. Like earlier in the issue, uh, they're they're talking about you know it's it even starts with the, the narrative is crisis. The word alone commands attention like no other. <laughs> like ah, come on, Snyder. You said what that, did you? Like, <laughs> 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 it, it it just it gets cheesy for me, and it and those are things that happened. I don't like the idea of them being more than that. Like, sure, they're they're relevant, and and we all know why, but. I, I don't like them played as um, something bigger. You know, Perpetua being responsible for them or something, or there being a specific energy that emanates from them that she's utilizing somehow. It's just really, really dumb. In it's a opinion. lot. It's, yeah, it's, it's, it's high
1: sci-fi. We're like, it doesn't make sense. Exactly. If you get down to it, it doesn't make sense. But it, it, is it supposed to? Probably not.
2: No, yeah. It very much reminds me of... Um... It feels like a very kind of like Grant kind of explanation, you know. Of like oh, I feel like Grant would explain it though. Yeah, he, he
1: would. He, he would. would.
2: Yeah, yeah. Um,
1: he would
0: make it make sense. He would say something like, uh, "You know what those events did to the 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 fabric of the DC universe creates an energy right. that Perpetual is yeah, exactly. able to exploit," <laughs> like something like that that would allow me to tether to it. Right, which now, is funny because
1: Morrison. Co wrote uh, No Justice, which is what which started this whole thing off. True. It was yeah. like somebody taking a Morrison idea and running with it, which I don't think is humanly possible.
0: <laughs> Only Morrison can bring the Morrison. I, I
1: think so. I think so. It's like someone, it's like Alan Moore coming up with something and somebody trying to take it. Uh, wait, that's just all of the After Watchmen stuff. Um, <laughs> hey, man. But <laughs> some of that's been good. I agree. No, I agree. But it, it just. The big, the big brain energy stuff is is, it's not for everyone. And I think Snyder has kind of hit a good point where like, he realizes where like he doesn't need to explain this stuff. It just is. This is comic booky stuff, uh, and I think he's just kind of just rolling with it at that point.
0: It's interesting because I, I like I love the first um, Dark Knight's Metal. I think this one's been pretty good. I don't feel like the bigger, more bombastic storytelling is where Snyder is most effective and I've never really felt like that agreed yeah I agree. um, and so whenever he gets into this I'm always like ah man these are these are the your weakest points I wish he would like sidestep this but this is this is not avoidable because this is the story he's been telling yeah. since his Justice League run started so yeah. just something I have to accept um, there are a lot of really fun moments here. You know, we talked about the cast of characters that, uh, you know, accompany the Trinity and uh, Harley Quinn and Jonah Hex. They give us a couple of laughs, laughs throughout um, the kiss. The but yeah, that that was really funny. Um, I yeah, like that. Got me.
3: Yep.
0: Um, so, yeah, I, I really enjoy those elements of the book. This book feels like how I want it. Um, this event to go when you strip like forget what i said about the crisis stuff just focusing on the character moments Mm -hmm. uh you can have the, the the bigger like the more meaty stuff you know um but you can also have those smaller funny moments and you're not taking away from wonder woman or superman to make them be funny yeah uh you can just do that with the the more ancillary characters sure
1: it also feels like this is, like, a little side quest going on in the main story. Yeah. I think it's super important to the main story, but is it necessary? We'll see. I think it is right now, but um, we'll see at the end. You know, I... This might just be a way to write Perpetual off the off
2: the board while we're still working with, you know, the Darkest Night. Sure. You know, in the main story. But um, I, I did think uh, some of the new side characters they showed us were pretty cool, too. Um, yeah. Like, uh, the Pearl. Oh, yeah. Batman's mother in like a mech suit um, which you get
1: the reaction and that's it like <laughs> yeah, he's just like oh, mom uh
2: and then call i guess mm-hmm. is the daughter of of batman and uh and wonder woman yep pretty cool i like the idea of these 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 dark batman from
1: different universes That's just, yeah. just stupid one of them is gotham like <laughs> i love that it's
2: just it, it's it super looks like, over the top but it's fun. it's like when you're playing with your action figures as a kid like you're coming up with all these stupid ideas or, like, it feels like um, like that trend in the 90s where they would, like, make action figure versions of established characters <laughs> that didn't exist, and it's just, like – Mr. Freeze Suit Batman. Yeah, like, right. <laughs> and it feels oh, like dude. that, but, like, what if we wrote a backstory for this character, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Uh, they are coming out find... with action
1: figures for these things, though. <laughs> like McFarland Toys is doing so many Dark Knights, uh, the original metal action figures. Of course they are. Oh really? Um, yeah, they're they're good looking action figures too. They just announced the they're coming out with a, uh, an action figure of the bike that Batman rides in this, nice. with like the Joker That's dragon skull cool. on it. It's it's good looking stuff. McFarland Toys puts out some cool stuff.
0: I I hate to I hate that whenever we re- review uh, Death Metal, I always feel like a stick in the mud. But like I really didn't like um batman's mom martha being a part of this i i feel like she shouldn't be used like that (laughs) it's fair um it's one thing to use even when when in flashpoint you know it was revealed that you know batman's father was batman and that that was very controversial but it felt right they explained it they gave it its time yeah this and is just like a was the win.
2: Joker at that point, yeah. Right. Yeah. Well, I mean, there could it, there could be more ramifications of this aside from the, just the, this one panel, but
3: there mm-hmm. probably. Won't be. I don't think so. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I don't
1: think so. <laughs> I think he's just throwing everything on the out there and see what happens.
0: Yeah. Um. Again, it's another another book this week where, like, I wouldn't say nothing happened, but it definitely has. Like Tyler said, that side quest energy. Um. <laughs> you the ultimate result is that they go into these crisis universes we see the final crisis the crisis on infinite earth and the infinite crisis and they're wrong uh, they they're not what the what the heroes encounter there is not what originally happened seeing superman with one of those like um, those masks i forgot the what they were called anti-life masks that was like controlled by dark side like that yep yeah that was crazy that was really cool
1: I got to reread Final Crisis. It's been a while since I read that. So, I well, I hated that
2: event and then
1: really? I reread it.
0: I I I hated it and then I forced myself to reread it until I liked it.
2: <laughs> I thought it was uh it was really cool too like in that that same section um the anti-monitor like looks like um he kind of looks like uh Dr. Manhattan, no? uh did he have like some he some has like the little... dot on his head oh did he i didn't even, even yeah catch that.
0: Mm, i think it's just a
2: dot you think it's just the way yeah maybe i was wondering if that was like supposed to be a nod because he says like don't you recognize me i don't know
0: oh
1: no yeah i didn't catch that
3: mm.
0: <laughs> maybe that's just me then Interesting. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not so sure because it do, it looks like the anti monitor comes out of the the ground, whatever that is. I would have to go back to Infinite Crisis and or Crisis on Infinite Earths. Oh, nice light read.
1: <laughs> actually, people, people are are worried about wordy Bendis books. Try reading Crisis on Infinite Earths. Oh boy.
0: Now that I think about it, I have to admit I, I've actually never read Crisis on Infinite Earths. It's Infinite Crisis that I read.
1: I used to get them mixed up, too. Yeah, Infinite Crisis, the Superboy, Superboy Prime one. Mm-hmm. That's that's good stuff. I love that yeah, stuff. Yeah, I don't know.
2: He has a dot on his head in this other picture that I'm looking at, but, like, it doesn't look exactly the same as this one. Like, he looks... Like, he yeah, has... I think that's just a monitor, I think. I don't know what kind of monitor it is.
1: It could just be a whole new character. I don't yeah. know. Yeah.
2: I don't know. Like, something about, like, the way that his head is shaped, like, it looks different.
0: I'm pretty confident that this whatever that is is spawning from Batman. Like I think I think because he is matter, like if you look at the the panel um mm-hmm. like he starts to get attacked by the ground almost like they come from yeah. nowhere and then that that instance forms the shape of this character. Well this yeah.
1: Especially because the the whole idea of Crisis on Earths is that there is just this this wave of nothingness coming and wiping everything out so if if he goes to the place where essentially evil one so nothingness one so if matter is becoming nothingness then if he is matter something can be
0: spawning from him i don't know there you go yeah Yeah. i I feel confident that that's what's going on there um but cool nonetheless and i can't wait to see those threads followed up on everything that happens in this book is fun Preamble to these last three pages. Yeah, exactly. Four pages. It's more
1: character work, really. Yeah. To to get to the actual
0: meat of the stuff. Yeah. Good issue.
1: Yeah, I liked it a lot. Yeah, like Batman's shoulder pads. That's what I'm into.
0: Hell yeah, Batman is looking pretty cool in this uh, in this series. Like he looks like a boss. Like if
1: McFarlane comes out with a toy for that, I might have to pull the trigger on that one. So
0: are you a are you a buyer of the mcfarland toys nope
1: nope mm-hmm. i've fought fought it every single step of the way so far <laughs> the only <laughs> ones
2: i have are the invincible ones
1: they did come out with uh white knight ones though so they have the the curse the white knight as real that is just uh, like staring at me and i'm like oof. oh yeah yeah it's nice
0: yeah oh, it's so underrated white knight is so good <laughs> It's some of the best Batman in general that I've read in my life. It's I feel like good stuff. I agree. Yeah. yeah. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> random tangent <laughs> aside. Uh, Trinity crisis is a very good issue. Do not miss it. If you uh, are reading death metal.
2: Yeah. And if you're not, why?
0: <laughs> yeah. Read death metal. You sure, want to why read not? The
2: funnest comic out this year.
0: I'm, uh, yeah, I'm still, I'm still on board. I'm still on board. Uh, yeah, any closing thoughts on the issue before we move on? No?
2: I, I, I dug this a lot. I felt like this. Um, they called this a number one. Like uh, I, there's no, no,
1: there's no number two solicited. So I okay. think this,
2: they might be spinning off into their own three mini series. Sure. Okay. That's fine. Later out, which, yeah, I don't know.
1: Either, well, they
0: also just label everything. Number one.
2: Sure. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> I, I guess the point I'm making is I would be down for another few issues like this, whether it's mm. Trinity crisis, number two, or it's another thing or whatever. Like I think this is the kind of tie in that I like. It's going to be uh, Dark Knight's Death Metal, Trinity Crisis, Crisis on
1: Infinite Earths, number one. (laughs) I'm not sure of that, but that's... That'd be actually
2: cool, though, if we had one issue for each of these and, like, they act as supplemental to kind of flesh out what's going on. Like, I think that that feels worthwhile.
0: Cool. All right, so that's going to do it for our review of Dark Knight's Death Metal, Trinity Crisis, number one.
1: (laughs) Take Uh, a breath. Take a breath. (laughs) <laughs> Get your inhaler <laughs>
0: How dare you uh, Let us know what you guys thought About either of these books Marauders or uh, Trinity Crisis Both of them uh, serving up Exactly what they needed to To uh, take their stories forward So pretty excited to see what comes next uh, We have not been able to access The fandom <laughs> For a Fan single done. second Fan done <laughs> Oh uh
1: oh,
0: oh, man I'm in. Okay. Good. Great. Yep. I'm Good in. I got it Yeah, exactly. <laughs> see you uh, next week. We'll, we'll, we'll address whatever comes out of this next week. If anything comes out yeah, of it, I feel as like as far made... as I can tell, not so much. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, and I can see definitely why they decided to split this up. Although it, it, it takes the wind out of the sails of these comic announcements, which is mm-hmm. really unfortunate. Yeah. yeah. Um, let us know your thoughts about the reviews we did or anything else we talked about on the show, hit us up at the comics pals all over the place, including the comics pals at gmail.com. If you guys want to continue the conversation, you can always join us on our discord server where we're talking about whatever's going on in the world. Not just comics necessarily. There's always, you know, manga, weeb stuff, whatever.
3: Do watch alongs uh, now.
0: Watch alongs. Uh, Speaking of watching stuff, I forgot to mention this earlier. Totally slipped my mind. Uh, I guess I can address it more thoroughly later, but uh, I've been watching The Boys. Very good. Oh, yeah, me oh, too. Nice. really good. Yeah. yeah I haven't I seen it.
2: any of season two yet, but, yeah, I would love to talk about that a little bit more. It's a whale yeah. of a good time.
0: Oh, Sean. You,
2: today's our, today's our friend anniversary on Facebook.
0: Oh, for real? Wow, what a coincidence. Hey, uh, thanks for being my friend.
2: Pretty sure it just showed a picture of you and Marco, but that's okay.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So yeah, join our Discord if you're watching this on YouTube. Thank you very much, and make sure that you guys do all of the things. uh, Like, subscribe, share, comment, all that jazz. If you're not a YouTube viewer, give it an opportunity. Give it a shot. There are some cool things we are doing over there now, um, so you're going to want to check that out. And if you have not subscribed to our channel, it helps us out a lot. Uh, yeah, make sure us. you comment on the videos, too. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah, I realized people
1: comment on YouTube videos and uh, they, they called Pete out on one of the long box videos.
0: Is that so?
2: Pete, didn't they call you Did it on, on one of our? Hold on. Hold on. Oh, no, on it, it wasn't me. that I got called out. So what happened was this was I was going to bring this up earlier, but we got past it because we talked about the Omega Men book club. So it was. There was a bunch of comments on the Omega Men book club where they were like, "Oh, like you guys are SJWs. Like, why you got to bring politics into it? Like, mm. I used to listen to this, but now I won't because you showed your hands and you're leftists." And then, this, yeah. So we did that episode what, two years
0: ago? Uh,
2: like three
1: years ago. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah.
2: Um, but then the thing that that I thought was funny was he he said that he said that while I was waiting to talk, like I looked creepy. <laughs> He's like, but otherwise you seem like an okay guy. And I was like, oh, no, see that I'm more unco- The fact that you, who said all those other things, said I seem like an all right guy, I'm like, no, 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 that sounds bad. I don't want you to think I'm okay.
0: Oh, <laughs> wow. There's four comments from the same dude. I just pulled it up.
2: Like throughout the episode, he must have been going
1: back. You can see the stream of consciousness too. It's great. It's great. So oh, if you guys want to is... comment on the Comics Pals videos with, with uh, quality content like this, please, please do. <laughs>
0: yeah yeah definitely do uh go check out the long box on youtube uh it's no longer a podcast but you you catch up with all the reruns yeah uh, definitely head over and do that yep (laughs) i I got got over 100 episodes (laughs) i can
1: go into syndication there's over 100 episodes
0: so uh let's get into the plugs tyler why don't you uh set us off
1: um uh listen to this episode you just listened to shit okay (sighs) Uh, go on the Discord I, I, I join on the Discord and you can follow me at uh, the Tyler Olson on, on Twitter and Instagram I think Twitter and Instagram were our most active fuck Facebook um, yeah yeah and then if anyone has a guild for World of Warcraft that they need someone in uh, on Bleeding <laughs> Hollow US server let me know
0: <laughs> are you trying to raid or
2: I have no idea what I'm trying to do mm. alright maybe you set up the official comics palace guild uh, mm.
1: <laughs>
3: You're
2: trying to make sure Sean doesn't have a life I ah oh man,
3: mm. <laughs>
2: I feel like I feel like I just like almost like I just shot Sean in the arm with heroin. <laughs> Trust me, he's he's looked like he's been
1: touching that needle back and forth. Uh, One thinking about it a couple times so far. <laughs> 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 that Uther cinematic definitely didn't help.
0: Oh, I can't even get into this. Um, <laughs> I can't even talk about that game. Yeah. yeah um. Really. So, yeah, thank you so much, Tyler, for uh, coming on board. Always appreciate you hanging out with us. Um, Pete, why don't you get into your plugs?
2: Sure. I'm at loud underscore Pete on Twitter and Instagram. Thank you for joining us on another episode of the show. Come connect with me. Talk to me about what you're engaging with these days. Um, I'm always looking for recommendations. Um, like to Harris's question, are there any, like, comics you've been reading over the uh, the break that you think I should check out? Let me know. I'd love to uh, get another rec. Hellblazer. Okay, there you go. First rate's coming out this month. so (laughs) I'll check it out. Uh, So then if you want to get some more content from me, I'm also over on uh, the podcast, over on LootPOTS.com where we talk about Nintendo. Um, There was some Zelda news this week, so if you want to come chat about or listen to me chat about that, I suppose is the better way to say that. Uh, Go check it out. Awesome. Yeah, I hear that show's pretty good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. You write in once in a while, no? A little bit.
0: As for me, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram only at Sean Soapbox. Hit me up to talk about the boys and uh, the Mandalorian, which is coming back really soon. I'm really oh, shit. Yeah, there's so right much to that. watch. TV mm. is just there's I too know. much to watch. It's hot right now. Yeah. Yes. Uh, it's good. Got to give
2: us something to keep us busy now that we're not going to be able to go outside again. Yeah,
1: it's gonna be a very lonely, Fall
0: guys. <laughs> So with that, we're the Comics Pals plus Tyler signing off. Take care, guys. See you next week.
2: No, week. It's not the book. Whoa, See you next whoa. week. <laughs> I'm going on vacation.
0: <laughs> Who are you, Kale? <laughs>